a world filled with fast-paced living and constant demands on the aging body, it's easy to forget some of the simplest yet most essential elements of our well-being, hydration and nutrients. As you know, when I'm not in the studio recording a podcast or in the gym or out in the scrub hunting, putting rounds downrange, I'm somewhere in the world on a security gig, putting in the hard yards, ending up on TikTok. So legends that get some, keep me advancing forward, Jocko Fuel Supplements. More specifically, I've been smashing the Jocko Hydrate Sachets, which helps me replenish my electrolytes and other critical vitamins while boosting energy and supporting recovery. Also, just like my kids, my appetite for veggies goes as far as hot chips from the kernel. However, every morning I'll mix a scoop of Jocko Greens, Jocko Creatine into water, which helps me supplement my lack of and delivers all the nutrients for better gut health, immune support, cognitive function, and physical performance. And not to mention, tastes bloody good. So head over to www.getsome.com.au and use the code Zero Limits all in caps for a discount. I'll leave you with this for the day. Hard work, clean fuel, stronger, faster, smarter, better. Let's go. It's time for the Zero Limits Podcast, hosted by Australian veterans. Chatting with high-charging humans with hectic stories from around the world. We'll give you the motivation to take on whatever life throws at you and the kick to complete any goal you set your mind to. Let's go. On today's Zero Limits podcast, I have a guest all the way from the United Kingdom, where the king is now, which is uh, pretty cool. Anyway, uh, back to him, Simon Maloney. He spent a majority of his career within the Blues and Royals, the Household Cav Regiment, which was a formation of uh, reconnaissance. So we'll definitely touch on that. And uh, during one of his deployments in Afghanistan, he copped around in the neck. I don't know what he was doing, but he ended up catching it. And uh, we've got the second guy coming on, Wes Masters, who'll be on uh, next couple of weeks. And he's on the other side of the story. So we'll get definitely two sides of the story for this one, which is absolutely incredible. But as I said, uh, he spent the majority of his career within the Blues and Royals. Did Afghanistan and then I left uh, 2017-ish and moved in, back into the civvy world. But uh, Simon, mate, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Yeah, very well. And uh, thanks for having me on. I appreciate your time. Mate, really appreciate you. Uh, you know, I found you through uh, Sean Cobra, and yeah. I had him on a couple of weeks back now and found you through his Instagram and I was reading your story and I was like, holy shit. And, you know, far out. What what an absolutely incredible story. And it's great to have another, uh, you know, as we say, POM on the on the podcast, just to share your side of the, you know, that side of the world. That's where we originate from is uh, the United Kingdom. So, mate, um, but before we crack on, mate, let's, let's, let's get back right to the start, mate. Let's find out young Simon, where you grew up, et cetera, schooling siblings and you know obviously what led to you joining uh her majesty's uh forces yeah no no worries um i guess like most most young lads in the afghan era uh working class backgrounds uh just outside london north london um between a place called st albans and luton anyone that's been to luton will know it. it's pretty rough but um you know i had we were working class we weren't rich by any stretch of the imagination but you know I, we weren't we weren't fighting for food um and I didn't. I didn't have it too too rough at all, to be honest. 
Uh, you know, it's like most people, I think, you know, my, my dad was the working hardest, most work, hardworking man I know. Um, you know, mum mum was the same, brought me up with some good morals. And, you know, I'm quite lucky to have had the upbringing I had, to be honest. Um, was fairly bright at school, um, but just wasn't interested, right? Like, you know, I was pretty good at maths and, and whatnot. And I was, I, I was sort of popular, but I was a fucking dweeb. Like, uh, you know, yeah, I didn't talk to a girl, so I was at least... You know, probably in the army, you know. Um, and uh, just to, to be honest, I don't know where it came from. I was, I was always running around, charging around with guns. So I think I've got a man, um, you know, playing with him as a kid. I was super interested. All the pictures of me as a kid, I'm in, you know, combats and camouflage. And I just, it was all I was ever going to do. I can't tell you why. Uh, I don't really have any any family lines. Obviously, we were all involved in World War One and stuff like that, but... You know, I didn't have any immediate family in the army, but it's just for me, you know, I had a fairly easy upbringing. There wasn't much going on in the area. And, you know, as well, you mentioned in the previous podcast I listened to, you know, 9-11 changed us so much, you know, or the trajectory of all of our lives. And we didn't know it. And uh, by the time I was at an age where I could leave school, you know, do I do A-levels or, you know, what we call A-levels, you know, go on further education or am I going to, train up and go to Afghanistan as a young man that is the most exciting fucking thing you could ever tell a bloke like for me you know what you know I think it's similar to most of us yeah exactly mate but where, where did the thoughts of the military come into your mind did you see an ad on tv or was it the movies or no yeah back then back then as well there was some quality adverts right it was like you know there was this British army one where the, the, the guy parachuted in straight into an assault Fuck me! I wish I wish they told me it weren't like that. The twelve miles you do before, <laughs> I wish I knew about that. But um, you know, then they're out on the piss, and you know, I just I had good friends, but and I, you know, I've still got good friends from sort of the civvy world now. But for me, I just felt like I love the brotherhood. I love you're all just there. You all proved yourself to be there, the rite of passage, and I just it's, I, I'm not. I'm this no disrespect to anyone that didn't join the military. You know, I, and you know, found their normal career paths. I mean, we're all trying to crack Civvy Street now after however many years in the military, and, and you know, a lot of us are fucking it up. <laughs> but for me, it just it was no option to be at home. I just wanted to go off and do something exciting. It was I just saw the opportunity. And I thought, why would I not do it? It was just a path I was always going to be on. Not to sound too spiritual, you know, but it sort of found me. Yeah, mate, mate. I was on the on that same path, mate. It was just I don't know what it was. It was just military army that was it but what what was your what were your parents thinking obviously your mum what's she thinking she mum, yeah mum was fuming she <laughs> weren't having none of it wanted to join at 16 as well so she had to sign the papers right and i'm sort of like she's like get fucked and i'm working on a on a building site it's doing all right but uh i was sort of like listen mum i can i can join at 18 i'll do six months training and get fucked off straight to Afghan or to join at 16. They can't send me till I'm 18. At least I've got two years running around in the kit, learning one end of the road from the other before I go out there. I sort of swung it like that. I said, I'm going, you know, at 18, but you can just give me two years to get a head start. And she sort of was like, all right. And, you know, she signed the papers. But, um, I mean, yeah, how old were you when you joined? Mate, I was 19. What, what, I was 19, yeah. So I was 19, so I was old enough to sign my own paperwork. But I couldn't imagine a mother signing paperwork for a son to, you know, join the military. And at this stage, obviously, Afghan and Iraq are in full fucking swing. They're turning it on. There's fucking soldiers yeah, fucking dying. 
and your old ducks, uh, you know, in the recruiting office with you on signing a sun away. You know, it's it's crazy. Yeah, I remember going. We were on the tube, like the underground, to go to the recruiting office with with my mum, and there was an advert on the tube, and it was about the boys. It was Herrick Four for us was the first uh, troops landing in Afghanistan, and it was about D Squadron, the Household Cavalry, the regiment I was going to join, and. It was a little. It was a picture of them just doing, you know, a fucking firefight. You know, you just landed and everyone was Taliban. Um, and there was a really cool passage writing about the boys, you know, from the from the sixteen hours assault brigade who landed. And uh, remember looking at it, and she she was looking at me like, "Don't get any fucking ideas." And as soon as I walked in the corner, she said, "What do you want to join?" I was like, "Household cavalry." She was like, "You fucking dick." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, mate. So. Um, up until you did join, did you have any concept of what was going on in Iraq and Afghanistan? Uh, yeah, I was I was a bit of a geek on it. I knew all the different units, what they did. I've looked at it loads, changed my mind loads as a kid would. Because uh, you are a kid, you're 16, right? I knew what was going down with Afghan, um, but essentially I also knew that the household cavalry were deploying loads. So if I didn't get on the deployment that I thought they were going to go on to next, they had different squadron. Each squadron was involved with a different brigade, so there was chance to sort of like jump across and just get real busy. So, I actually think our unit was the most deployed unit out of the British forces, purely because we had squadrons with different brigades and doing different things. So you could sort of jump on all of them within the Green Army, not special forces. But so that was sort of why I went that way, uh, and it worked out. I mean, when I eventually passed training, I turned up at the unit, and he goes, "When how old are you?" I said, "17." This is my start major. He says, "When are you 18?" Says February. Says fucking good. Ring your mum. You're going Afghan in October. <laughs> Quality. <laughs> yeah, right, mate. So obviously you go through your recruitment process, uh, get the offered your position uh, as a soldier, mate. Uh, run us through the training side of things. So, what's the first step? So, yeah, obviously you're in you're in the army. Yeah, you pass the selection, all the medicals, all that sort of thing. Turned up at a place called Baslinborn, which is just a big, you know, it's an army. Do you know what? It's where uh, Full Metal Jacket was filmed. Oh, is it? Yeah, right. You know, when, you know, private parts. Yeah, private parts. Yeah. That, that, that was that was where my I did my sort of like, what we call phase one training. Fuck, I didn't know. Um, yeah, yeah, Basin. We I only knew because it's obviously I was there, right? And it's, there's pictures of them up everywhere. But we were running around, and I'm thinking quality. I'm fucking probably running around where you know that. So that's where I did my training. You like you, you said, I think it's like every military model. And uh, I heard Adrian, a, a charity called Swiss Aid, mentioned it. It's like the rite of passage, there's three stages. And that's exactly what what, what basic training is. They fucking break you. Um, you know, they've got six weeks of screaming, shouting, locker inspections, fucking you around for no reason. You know, you you basically teach them to take, take instruction and do as you're fucking told. Then you start to train them. And then, you know, you, you have this big celebration at the end. So, yeah, it was... The first six weeks of carnage, but to be honest, I I wasn't bored as a kid, but I just didn't have, you know, wasn't excited or stimulated, shall I say. That's, that's a good word to use for that. So even getting thrashed, I was like, this is fucking quality. I've got like, I'm a young lad. You know when you're young, that, you're that young as well, your shit yeah. filters, like you're not stuck with anything. You're just like, this is mega. Everything's mega. Like, and there's a reason I left. Because when your shit field starts to fill up and you start to compute stuff, you're like, this isn't Megan, this is dog shit, and he's a dick, and I don't want to listen to it. Do you know, you know, but at 17, mate, I just slapped it up. It was, it was quality. I was just happy to be in a uniform and 
there was a sergeant shouting at me he'd been to Afghan I was a proper gimp about it you know what I mean I was just fucking but it got me through and yeah, you just enjoy it. I think it's a, that's a good lesson in life. How big is, is are, you, are we talking like a platoon size type training? Yeah, 30 man platoons, 30 man platoons, 10 man rooms. Uh, and everyone, to be honest, in phase one with me, everyone was my sort of age. So they were no older than 18. So, because we're all like what we call junior entry, it wasn't like uh, some of the infantry lads, if they go, it was just 18 and they're 18. You've got fucking 32 year old bloke fucking wanking off next to him. It's fucking terrifying. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Hair, hair in places you fucking didn't know you could, it could exist, but That's, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, outside of fucking Rolf Harris and Glenn Devitt chasing. Yeah, me. yeah. <laughs> Fully. Now, mate, was there anything you struggled with inside within that? You know, how'd you go with like, firearms, etc.? Firearms, I was good. Uh, like being the little keener gimp I was, I was did the army cadet, so we used the same rifle. So I sort of knew that. I knew how to iron and yeah. I knew how to march. And I know they're not super important, but they fucking are in training because when you're taking on, you know, eighty percent of your bandwidth being used to fucking some guy who can't march, I've sort of freed that up because I, I sort of knew how to do it. So. I did struggle, mate. I was a beanpole, right? So just carrying the weight, you just—I was just in shit state, like proper hanging. I'm not going to pretend to be a super soldier, you know. You put on a bit of size and you put the weight on, and you start to handle it better. But at 17, mate, I was in fucking shit state carrying that weight. Not going to pretend I was—I was a super soldier by any stretch of imagination. I was about 10 stone, you know. Uh, And the same height I am now, I'm sitting about 16 now, and I'm fairly fit. Like it's just. I could not handle the weight, but you get through it, and it's a it's a lesson for sure, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah, mate. Exactly. You're only 17, so you're just a fucking kid. But uh, so you finish that six weeks, and then you do a march out parade. I'm I'm guessing. So sorry, mate. That that that, that was 20 weeks. Oh, that was 20 the, weeks. The, the first six are just like you don't sleep. You get oh, gotcha, gotcha. So then you get a bit more. You know, you, you, we don't even get your beret, so your regimental headdress. You just yeah. get like a cap. Because you're just fucking dog shit. You just, you know, shit on the bottom of their shoe. Yeah. And you earn bear race six weeks in and you can actually march and throw a salute up when you see an officer sort of thing. Then it carries on. But that was 20 weeks. And then I, I moved on to um place in south of England called Dorset where I did like the reconnaissance stuff. Um And that was quality, mate. I was still 17. Uh Did my driving license. Mega one. You know, can go pick up chicks now. As soon as I passed that, I'm... I'm I'm in the fucking uh, track vehicle doing that test, so I'm cutting around in that. As soon as you finish that, you go. We do like quite in depth communications, like you know reconnaissance. You got to sort of, it's not just your, your personal role radio. You've got to use some some sort of bit more complicated system. So we were straight onto that, and then you do like your reconnaissance tactics type type of thing, um, which was which was fucking gleaming. And that's where you see more of the lads from your regiment. So like the instructors, the PTIs are all from the Household Cavalry, they'd recently all come back from Iraq or Afghan and you that's where you got a bit of pride then. I was thinking this is quite cool. Uh, this is a cool, cool situation. This is a cool, cool group to be joining. And you start to get a bit excited, you know. How would like in regards to that, the training, you know, all these people that are training you have have been guys that have come back from Iraq or Afghanistan. So that training would have been, you know, on point with currently what, what was happening. It was. It was it was it was good, but we knew we were going, mate. So we wanted that. Do you, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I felt sorry for when, by the time I left, I was an instructor at a phase one training establishment, and we weren't in Afghan. And they had all these fucking 
mental corporals and, and like tapped cunts who have been fucking killed or killed people for like 10 years yeah. and they're now going mad because some cunt polishes boots and he's like you know the, the poor lad's like I'm joining to be a fucking chef and we're not in Afghan like, I don't need you going mad at me about this shit like you know <laughs> we wanted it because we wanted as train as we could get yeah um I mean, imagine it's the same for you. Like, it's, oh, exactly. You, you knew that you could see this sort of in a way. Oh, de- definitely, definitely, definitely. Now, in regards to that second lot of training, how what was the time frame on that? About it, so, it depends on when you can get on the course. So they almost treat it like an open college, right? So you, you have to smash two sessions of fizz a day, uh, and then you you get loaded onto your drivers and maintenance stuff. Then if there's a space, you might be waiting three weeks. And then you, you you do like army, aren't they? Brilliant at concurrent activity or the military. So you, you do shit in between. Then you load onto the signals course. And it was all about when the, the course was starting and when there were spaces. I was quite lucky. I just bounced between the three. So I think I was only there for about three, three and a half months. Um, got a bit of leave and then went to the unit. Uh, which that, to be honest, day, day one of the unit, I fucking I yeah. wanted to leave. I was, Oh yeah, all right. Well, let's let's bounce straight into it, mate. So obviously you'll march straight into your unit. How many other blokes are you marching in with? Just me. Just you. Uh, that makes just me. No, you get the, the thing is, mate. You you're walking around like a dog with two dicks because you've just passed training, and you think you're the bollocks, and you're like, I'm going to my fucking unit. You you know, you got your big boy boots on, and actually you're the least experienced cunt in that camp. Yeah. And no one wants to fucking, you're like, oh, another geezer who's just going to, I've got to teach everything to it. Because you think you know everything. You're like, I've just passed training. You know, fuck all. Yeah. So I turned up, no one spoke to me. Uh, people were laughing at me because obviously I was fucking young as fuck. It's fucking daunting. I get thrashed into the Sergeant Major's office. He tells me I'm going Afghan to fuck off out and don't talk to him. I was like, sweet. Uh, my fucking troop sergeant was a geezer called Craig Harrison, who you might have heard of. He's the guy who had the yep, longest yep. kill for a bit has been broke yeah he was there he's fucking punching cunts and fucking throwing people around as I you know first walked down there I was like what the fuck and I, I, he's like what the fuck are you looking at and I'm like oh, I'm, uh, I'm 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 like stammering I'm in four troop he's like what my fucking troop I was like uh, yes yes court lords He's like, you fucking skinny little weasel. I was like, fuck off. What's that? Well, does he mean that? Like, do I, what do I do? Like, so I'm just stood there, like, in the smoking area. I don't fucking smoke. Everyone's, like, looking at me. Like, is he going to fucking cry? I was like, this is dog shit. Um, and yeah, it was just, it, it, I mean, everyone's had the same experience, right? But it was just fucking comedy. And now I'm like, I don't, I fucking, I've got four years of this. <laughs> you think it's going to be like that? It's like, you know, shock attached Jesus. Yeah, right. Um, it's funny talking about Craig Harrison. I was speaking to him a while back. I'm gonna he's definitely gonna come on. We'll get him on. But yeah, he'll uh, he, give a good podcast, mate. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> I'll see if he remembers that story. <laughs> he'll remember me, mate. Yeah, he's he's quality. Honestly, we served together. We did did an Afghan tour together, so Yeah, right, yeah, right. Now, mate, ju- you know, during that first couple of weeks, how did you how did you go? Did you eventually get there and make some mates and Mate, I'm going to tell a story now. Like, I haven't told many people. So I'm, I'm, I've got mates, and I'm 17, right? So they're like, you're coming on the piss of us. I'm like, right, quality. This is my chance now to, like, fucking prove myself, you know, have a few beers with the lads. I was like, this is what you join the army for. Um, I'm fucking, we go out on the piss. We're in this local bar, Chicago's bar. All the squads go there. There's another 
regiment based in Windsor, like the town we're in. So obviously we all meet there. And if you don't fucking, if you're looking to pull chicks, you don't pull chicks. You end up fighting each other. You know, we're all mates, but it's what soldiers do, right? And uh, I see my, my corporal getting getting a bit of bother with this fucking geezer. I'm like, I'm 17, by the way. I'm still, you know, about fucking 70 kilos. I'm like, sweet. So I go swinging over, slip on a drink on the way. So I just skid into him, mate, take his legs out. I've got this, like, you know, multiple tour fucking Afghan tanned up fucking geezer that I'm rolling around with. He is battering me. He gets me in a headlock. His mate starts hitting me. I'm fucking trying to kick my, the boys in my troop to let them know that I'm getting fucking kicked in. Uh, they then have to get involved. I get everyone nicked. Uh, we're all in, like get arrested by the police. Eventually got released. And then that drunk, I fall asleep in my bed and I, and I shit the bed. I mess the bed. And I'm in a 10-man <laughs> room. I'm in a 10-man room. I'm already in the shit because we've got nicked and fighting. And all the lads are like, sorry, you're not coming. And I'm just laying in bed like that. So I'm like, I oh, know what I've done. And I'm not letting any come know. So I had to wait for all them to go to work. So then screw the, like, square all that away. Absolute shit show. Literally. That was day one. I should have just <laughs> left then. I should have just got the medical discharge or played something. <laughs> yeah, right. Did you get in trouble? Yeah. Craig's like, like Craig Harrison. He's like, you know, he used to be quite old school. You won't mind us saying, he was like, do you want to work the weekend or are you going to meet me around the back of the tank and you get a fucking, you get a dig or you get thrown around. Then we dealt with it like that. And yeah, but it was like day one, he didn't even know my name and I'm fucking doing shit like that. So. <laughs> I mean, we laugh about it now, obviously, you know, we come to good friends, but I remember thinking, well, it was shit and now I fucked up. So this is just going to be a horrendous couple of weeks. But you get through it. Yeah, mate, there's so many stories like that. And it just sounds like it's just a common theme throughout militaries through the world. That young dig just turning it on and shit in the yeah. bed. <laughs> Literally, yeah. Fucking comedy. Mate, classic. And then it, what, what type of training are you doing over the next uh, few weeks in the unit? I mean, by, by because I went to that Bobbington place, we said we do fist twice a day and we were getting, we were getting, I was pretty fit and, you, you you do find you actually you know when you're in a unit and you're busy you can't train as much as that you know like lads after ops mate lads you know go on a course you're not as fit as what you what you know you're not on the standard are you it's just lifted weights and fucking eating shit food for, for for six months or whatever so the fist the sort of fist side of things really ramped up I was getting getting ahead on that to be honest um, I was I was a fit lad so that was helping and we were just doing super interesting stuff like Afghan specific training. You know, starting to get your Afghan kit. And so that's why I sort of, oh, I was thrown in at the deep end as a young lad, but that's why I settled in quite quickly because we were, we had to, mate. It wasn't like, you, you know, we were just looking for things to do. It was like you could prove your worth pretty quickly. So if you're a fit lad, you can keep up and you keep your fucking mouth shut. It was soon, you soon settled in, you know, because it's serious training. Like everyone's trying to take it on board. And it was a weird time. I don't know if, if you experienced it, but like you're getting these reports of the lads that are on tour currently and the casualty reports, it's in the fucking news, all the deaths and there's new TTPs with the IDs that are coming out and you're thinking, fucking hell, what am I getting myself into here? It's going to, you know, you, you're going to land and you're just going to be straight in the shit and fucking people blown up and arms and legs thrown past you. That's how you felt at points, you know? So yeah, we were straight into it, mate, but it was good for me. It helped me settle in quick and it was like, quite a, a chance to prove myself that our size not so bad when he's not shit in the bed and slipping on dance floors. <laughs> yeah, right. And then, mate, obviously, as uh, Craig said, mate, you guys were heading to Afghanistan that following year, 2009. 
mate. How was this? Yeah. Like, run us on the prep before going out uh, over to Afghanistan, and then obviously arriving in Afghanistan. Yeah, so seventeen years old. No, I was 18, sorry, eighteen, eighteen, getting ready to go. Uh, right in a fucking wheel at eighteen, taking a picture of what's going to get you know sent to the to the news fucking channel when you get whacked. Uh, packing up your packing up your your room, all your belongings, putting a box on your bed because. If you die, we can't be asked to pack your room up. Like, we've just got a box there. And then a separate box with the stuff you don't want your fucking family that has to be burnt sort of thing, you know. <laughs> you know, it's true, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. The porn stash or the letters, the bird, yeah. you know, is bit on the side or whatever the fuck it is. Weird, weird feeling. But I tell you what, like, the, the psychology behind it is, it amazes me. But as an 18-year-old lab mate, you don't compute risks, do you? You're like, you know, the, 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 front, the part of your brain that computes risk isn't developed yet. Oh, so. yeah. Yeah, and you've got nothing to either compare it to either. So you know, I, anxiety wasn't a thing when you're. It's not a thing when you're 18, mate. I was just happy to fucking be there, and I went in blind. And you know, I look back now. That first tour, I if I did that tour in my 20s, I would have a lot worse of sort of issues with mental health now mm. than if I did it at 17. Because you just compute the risk, or you know what the fuck's going on. Like I look back and I was just like, must have just survived. somehow. Somehow crashed and just wandered through that tour and didn't get whacked. But you know, thirty percent of the troop we had life changing injuries or died. So one in three got got smashed with IDs, you know. So or shot or you know, you know, like life changing injuries. So like you say, you just wander through and somehow you come out right. Like you know, it doesn't mean I'm a good soldier. It doesn't mean a guy that hurts a bad soldier. As you know, you know, if your time's up, your time's up. It's uh, but it was it was like a game of fucking luck with IEDs, as you know, mate. But uh, how how long was the lead up training before you went over? You you're talking a year. Well, no, I only had nine months, so the boys were starting probably a year. But the last six months is is intense. You're doing like weekly ranges, you know, going away. Um, you've got obviously certain tests you've got to pass as a unit. Then as it, it all first of all as a you know, a subunit, then as a unit and whatnot. So the exercises were quality. They were really, obviously, Afghan-tailored. They had this mad little, I mean, I can talk about it now, it's, it's common knowledge, but they had this mad little village with real Afghans in that were just living there. And, you know, there's little, you know, built just like an Afghan Calais. And there's little like, munitions in the wall that ping when you get shot at and just mm. to get to get used to the sort of, it was quality. It was absolutely amazing. Uh, really amazing training. Like I said, as a young lad, you're just lapping it up still. Do you, like in, in foresight, did do you think the training uh, prepared you for what you were eventually to see and do? Um, I, as much as it could, can anything? I yeah. mean, I remember my first contact, and you know, yeah, it, 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 nothing can prepare you for that. My first casualty that you deal with, nothing can prepare you for that. But Craig was fucking good. Like one thing Craig was good at was. Uh, was just getting us ready for war. Like he, yeah. he fully said, like lads, we are going to take casualties, and you are going to fucking. So, like, he would, he would just everyone else would be knocking off our, our, our platoon or our troop would be out in the vehicles in our crew positions, and he'd be like, "This vehicle's disabled. You're getting contact from the right," and we'd all have to drag them out of the vehicles and practice all of that stuff. So, it was, it was, he was very good at that. We were ready, uh, so it was almost like when. Uh, yeah, yep, hang on. We're just cutting out. You there? 
Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Just cut out for a sec. Now, um, now you land in Afghanistan, mate, and this is Helmand Province as well. And if you know, for the listeners uh, out there listening, the Helmand Province was fucking just rife. It was like the Western fucking front. <laughs> you boys fucking absolutely fucking you know copped it down there. Now you land in Afghanistan, mate. First fucking trip to a war zone. How are you feeling? And fuck, how's the old duck? She's just at home just going, fuck, what have I done? Well, she sort of, I was like, you know, you play the game. I just said to mum, I was playing volleyball all the time. Um, <laughs> you know what as well, mate? It's, it's a big it's a big contribution to why I left. At that age, you don't give a fuck. Like, I was probably exactly. pretty selfish. You, I was selfish, mate. You know, I'm, you know, me and my missus want kids and, well, you know, we'll have kids in the future, God willing, but I, it's, it's a tough decision whether I'd, I'd always let the kid do what he wants to do, but, you know, I'd give it an honest opinion, but I would never uh, encourage my child to join the military because you don't want to put yourself through it. But you're sort of telling her the crap. The issue was, though, obviously the regiment gives families briefs. So, like, they you know, they all, you know, the old mother's meetings and wives, they're all fucking chatting. Oh, yeah, A Squadron have been in this shit. They've had this many casualties, and it doesn't take long for it to find out. So eventually she's like, I know you're fucking lying to me. Can you just tell me what's going on? Like, because... I don't want the guessing game. I'd rather just know. Obviously, you can't say too much over the firm of OPSEC, but, you know, when there's one in three of fucking blokes going home, mm. missing missing body parts, his hearts are hard. So, yeah, the thing is, mate, again, I was, I'd admit it, mate, I was selfish. I was so wrapped up. I didn't really think. And you, you're so fucking busy, mate. Like, you don't, I didn't think about what was going on at home. Yeah, uh, exactly, you know. mate. Exactly. Yeah, well, you're fucking 18. You've got no... You've got no idea. Young You've got no idea what's happening in the fucking world. Zero idea. Zero fucks about anyone else. It's just about you and just you know on that adventure. That's what it is. It's it's literally. Wait, is going on adventure, adventure, mate? You've put an ad on the head there. Yeah. You know, you're looking forward to your next zoo magazine with you know, which was like <laughs> I don't know if you guys had that. You know, yeah, the, mate, the, exact same ones. Yeah, your zoo and nuts magazine, and 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 getting a getting a, a bluey, which are the letters we got. Yeah. Uh, you know, from from a girl you were talking to with a bit of perfume on that was all you gave a fuck about, mate. You know, and and cleaning your weapon. Yeah, and your mates. Yeah, that's it. That is it. I mean, it's a lovely time, isn't it? It's a simple time. People. That's why I think a lot of blokes struggle. It's not not PTSD. It's like adjustment syndrome. Yeah, it's, yeah, hundred percent, mate. Transition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a transition. Yeah. It's, yeah. The, 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 the other, the other, tra- the other transition, not the twenty twenty three transition. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what that's what I say. The scar is from being shot. So it used to be a woman, like. <laughs> uh, now, mate, run us through. As you said before, you just spoke about your first gunfight, your first, you know, casualty. I want to, I want to break those two down because of the, you know, the yeah. psychology behind it, mate. So run us through that. Even that first time outside the wire. Yeah, first time outside the wire. Uh, we were lucky. Fuck all happened. And I think that's good. Because we eased into it. I think it's good to have one or two. Find your fucking feet. You know, you go out of the gate and you hit two IDs and the fucking first two fucking blokes are in pieces. It's not a good start to the tour, is it? And it's you then find that the momentum, you know, goes that way. Does that, you know, you, you go from bad to worse, mate, potentially. So we had a couple of, it was very unfulfilling. Um, you're fucking shaking like a shitting dog, everything. You know, every bloke who looks at you, he's Taliban, he's Taliban. Fuck all happens. Um, but you need to also 
get a firefight in pretty soon. You know, I'd, I, my ideal thing here would be like two, three patrols have a big fucking scrap. Like now, now you're in because otherwise the tension rises again, isn't it? It's like, you know, your, your, your blokes are getting itchy. They're getting tense. Your nervous system's fried. Blokes aren't behaving as, as they should do because they're just waiting for this thing to happen. I don't know what your experience is. Hmm. Uh, that, 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 that was, that was my opinion. That's how I sort of saw it. Um, so the first, first firefight, we, we're in these vehicles called Jackals, pretty cool vehicles. Well, they look fucking cool. So you're in a firefight, it's a big open vehicle, um, big open buggy thing. Um, we were basically an outer cordon. There was a company size group doing an operation behind us. And we were the buffer because there was bad people in front of us and bad people behind us, but we're trying to separate them, the two and clear through one at a time. Um, everything was really quiet, fell into that classic trap of like too quiet. I was like, well, I'm getting out for a piss. Uh, commander, no vehicle commander sat next to me. So, yeah, no dramas. Got out, had a piss. I've got me fucking dick in my hands. Literally caught my dick in my hands. Uh, looked to my right. Little flash of like, of like a geezer coming through the sort of past the murder holes. You know, the holes in the walls are called murder holes. You, you guys probably have a similar name. Like, right, okay. Didn't, didn't spike the, the spidey senses. I wasn't chewed into the area. Didn't spike enough. So, I'm fucking trying to put my dick away. Uh, RPG fires from the corner of that compound, and you, you've got just from the they, they, they don't go straight line, do they? They're fucking all over the place, yeah. like. And it sort of it clipped the hill on the way to me because of the curvature of the hill, so it sort of clipped that about ten meters in front of me, and luckily that took all the blast. But it, it would have fucking cut me in half if it was you know a couple of couple of as we've all had close calls. You know, I'm not I'm not playing the playing the victim, but it was it was close enough. Blew me on my back. I'm still pissing. Uh, so essentially, yeah, I come back. I ran out of the smoke, covered in piss. <laughs> but it was the first time my commander had called me to gone because he was concerned. And because he normally just called me maggot. He was like, you know, drive on maggot, this maggot, do that maggot. And it was it was that, but it's just what he did. So the first time he called me Simon. So I got in and I went, you called me by my name. He's like, fucking drive, dickheads. Like, yeah, pop smoke and extract out of, out of the out of the killing zone. Because that, that sorry, an ambush, an ambush ensued after the RPG hit. Um, Craig was on the vehicle next to us, so we're trying to get Craig on the radio because uh, he's got been, it was you know he was um, controlling things on the rate on the net, and then uh, he's he's gone quiet. So like obviously I've got line of sight, right? So mm. Fucking look, Craig slumped over his his GPMG, claret all, all down the side of his face. I was like, fucking out, Craig's gone. Like fuck. So I'm then switch into it a bit more, and we're driving. Craig's taken the 762, has hit the front of his helmet, pierced, gone around the outer rim, shredded the top of his ear. He's got like a, a gnarly sort of scar in his hair and then pinged out the back. But the the, the impact of being whacked by 762 rounds yeah. and rattled on his helmet has knocked him unconscious. So the driver, you know, good drills. He's he popped smoke, reversed out as a taut. And uh, Craig fucking wakes up, mate, and just starts rattling on the gympy again like nothing's happened and fucking... The driver shits his pants because he thinks he's got a fucking zombie next to him. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, gone, it's gone like a full 28 days later. He's like trying to like punch Craig. Like, get the fuck away from me. But, I mean, turns out everyone's okay. But uh, yeah, that was my first contact. That was my first firefight. Uh, and I'll be totally honest with you, mate. Other than the dude who fired the RPG, I didn't see a fucking one of them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, and uh, it, you know, it's the fucking locate, you know, first, the way we get to six section battle drills, first one, you know, when you come under fire, locating that fucking enemy, like, yeah, uh, like it's a fucking nightmare. 
Yeah, right. And it's, uh, obviously, you guys get back, uh, regroup. How how was everyone? You know, how was your? How are you? How was your mood? It's like fuck. That's uh, that, that fucking. Do you know what? I was actually mate. Because all right, I got caught me dick in my hands. It's that, and that's a yeah. laugh. That's a that's a, that's good to have Literally. a laugh. <laughs> but I wasn't. I wasn't scared. Yeah. I was. I was alert, mate. But I was like, I didn't. I you know. I did my job. You had the fucking. I had the mad panic, but. I just listened to the commands and did as I was told. So, and, you know, got out of that right. I didn't do anything stupid. So I thought, like I said, building blocks, you're building momentum. Had Craig died in that first contact, would have been a completely different journey because you're like, fucking hell, first contact, someone's dead, sweet. Uh, shitting myself out for the next one. And do you know what I mean? We, I was lucky in that respect. We sort of built up, built up to, to built up to getting casualties. Yeah, quality quality progression. But you know what I mean? Yeah, no, fuck. That's, that's the, the realities of fucking war, isn't it? It is, mate. It is, um, and that's 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 the, the psychology behind that. You know, like that's the thing that got me in Afghan. Is you're like, you know, you know the exercise, mate. You got fuck all sleep. You know, you're coming in Friday. We went through a couple of times. We were getting, you know, they were keeping us up overnight because they're just, you know, they, you know the score. Every hour you stand to stand down. They hear it, they see it. Another RPG comes in, stand to again, and they they sleeping in between. There's just one bloke fucking popping off to keep you awake, but you've been awake fucking three, four days. And you're like, this doesn't stop until until it stops. Mm. I haven't slept for four days, but it doesn't mean, you know, I'm not going to clock in now, like the hours, mate. I'm going to go and get eight hours rest. Like, you're fucking in it. And, you know, it doesn't stop when you've got a casualty and you've got to get him out and you're under fire and they're chasing you and chasing you and chasing you. Like, that was something that definitely I had oversighted and you know for when they when they were gobbing off to you in training saying when it's fucking real you won't fucking get a chance you're like no I can't leave any stone unturned anymore like <laughs> fitness wise I need to be fucking the best I can be because there are stuff in your there's stuff in life that you may only do once but it will define you and if you fuck it up it will you'll carry that heavily for you know for the rest of your life you know the first day thing that you just didn't get and he, and he lost it you know he lost his lost too much blood and he's gone or the tourniquet didn't go on in the platinum 10 minute you know these things you only do once it was like fuck man so 18 years old learning lessons like that i got through it and i'm happy i did it so young because it it it, it's you know squared me away there's blokes in their 40s that maybe haven't been tested like that that you know but you know and and hats off to them they've they've survived their fucking life without going through that but you know i was tested and proven and tested if that makes sense at 18 and i think it set me up for a good mindset for the rest of your life, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And when you say proven and tested, like it's it's like no other. You fuck, like, do you know what I mean? Like, fucking Jesus. Yeah. Anyway, mate, so um, were you guys operating out of a FOB or, you know, like a big giant base? Yeah. We were operating out out of a FOB, went out to a patrol base once or twice, uh, and then we went to some... some, Afghan police stations, mate, but they soon got pretty fucking sketchy. Like, uh, yeah, you know, uh, I don't want to just, you know, I don't know what your what your audience is, but you know, there's there's no, just fuck, shit going no, down. No, fuck Afghanistan and fuck the AMP and fuck the ANA. They were dodging. You know, it, it, like the only thing that wasn't getting shagged was fucking women, like yeah. fucking donkeys, fucking you know, boys. It was disgusting and. You know, towards the and we, this was at the early stages of Afghan sort of thing, or no, middle of Afghan, let's say. And but you know, by a couple, what we learned was actually a few years later, we didn't fucking work with them because 
they killed more of us than the fucking Taliban did. Yeah. You know, what we call green on blues. We had one, you know, towards the end, closing stages, it was all about mentoring and handing over. And they were killing more of our blokes than the Taliban were. Yeah. Uh, it was, yeah, it was just dog shit. So after that, Craig, again, was pretty good at sticking up for us and, you know, causing a bit of a sting. He's a big fucking lad. He's uh, He's got a presence. So we, we got fucked off out in the desert for a couple of weeks, just doing like driving out in the dash in the open desert, just living off the vehicles, you know, leaguing up at night, coming back in to do an op, then going back out. Sort of like, you know, long range desert group stuff, you know, like that we all seen the SAS do in World War Two, sort of yeah. that similar role, just fucking off like safety just by being in the middle of nowhere. Like we can see anyone coming for kilometers about. Like Exactly. Yeah. And we got a 50 cow waiting to fucking take you out. It's no dramas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, obviously, you guys moved my vehicle. Are you, are you doing any searching along the way or there was just fucking just driving? We yeah, we had to search. To chug points, et cetera. Yeah, of course. But when you were, when we were open, we, we, if that's the issue, mate, is we try and pick the land that we couldn't get choked. But using your weapons range and so we, we did a lot of ops where we, we stayed on the high ground and because they knew you go into the green zone in those vehicles mate you, you're gonna get fucking smashed and, mm. and we did when we had to so they sort of again it's classic army in it someone gets fucking hurt or killed they go oh we shouldn't do that again fucking hell why don't you tell me when i was saying that on the net fucking two days ago like we can't go down here we're gonna get channeled like it's war though you know needs must and at the end of the day it's not about you is it it's about the, the fucking goal and the end mission but um we had some good dust-ups with just being on the high ground, 50 cal and GMG, you know, oh, yeah. firing yeah. as, the, as the boys are pushing out. It was quality, mate. Yeah, just, you know, proper fire support group sort of stuff. Yeah, it was a good time. Yeah. Now, moving back to your first casualty, as we spoke about before, mate, run us yeah. through this scenario. And, you know, again, mate, the, the psych behind it. Yeah, we're, we're in the green zone. We're pushing up. Uh, so the... I'm so apologies if I'm sounding patronizing, like the flat forward line of enemy troops. You use the same use the same terminology, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, yeah. yeah, we're pushing the flat back. And like you said, like you know, in Afghan, you just draw a line on the map, mate, you cross it and you're gonna get shot at. Like that's that's the flat. So we were just probing that and pushing it back essentially. That was just our goal our goal in, in the north of the area. And we're in the green zone. We've done that, we've you know, had a big dust up. Um and then we started to sort of get encircled a little bit, and it, we're just probing. Right? We didn't, we didn't really know what the. There wasn't a big scheme of manoeuvre. It was just fucking causing nuisance for a bit. Let's see where we're at at the beginning stages of the tour, and then come into a plan of how we push it back or what the hotspots are. So we did that. Uh, classic, classic ambush, to the point where we have to extract. So we're extracting now, you know, two cars at a time, and obviously they extracted us and it's to come on and it's to push us back onto this ID that they put in behind us. So I was lead vehicle, uh went into the went into the water and I, you obviously you go on the water sort of at a square angle. Mm. Something in me, mate, I just saw the ground. I don't know what it was. Something was in me, whether someone looking out for me or whatever, just urged me to go in at a weird angle. And the current of the water, because I was at this weird angle, nearly tipped us. Commanders fucking punched me in the air. He's all doing a fucking retard got out of the water and I'm a bit shaken but something just wasn't right second vehicle's come in he's gone in square bang driver where I was sitting lost both his legs commander's been blown out um, another IED initiated ambush so it's all gone fucking Pete Tong we're now separated with the car we're moving with because I'm the other side of the river so um, we you know like the, the British ones are called Valens so I'm Valenin Towards we're in a firefight. The gunner's going. The commander's on the GPMG. The gunner's going on the top. Control, you know, winning the firefight. 
to be honest, says, right, start moving towards the casualties. I need, you know, to get their nine liners up and to see what it is. So I'm going across this fucking stream in contact with this fucking water metal detector. And yeah, I'm not going to lie. You just, I oh, fuck, fucked it off. I'm not doing it. I need to get through the river. I'd rather get blown up than a fucking shot at whilst I was, you know, again, caught with me dick out in a fucking water feature. Get across. Um, said the driver's legs were still intact, but he, he lost them both. Uh, I can remember the, that gunner of that vehicle was, I mean, the 50 cows fucking tumble, like it's, it's, it's cooked. So that vehicle's completely off, off the fucking, off the fight or out of the fight. So the, He's, he wasn't injured. He's kind of around doing the first day thing and I'm sort of helping him out. And I can remember, you know, applying the tourniquets. Um, remember picking his leg up, mate. And I was expecting there to be a bone in it, but I'm like, it's just a bag of fucking jelly. But dry retching, my mate's like, fucking hell, he's still conscious. He's like, do you mind, mate? Like, that's my leg. And I'm like, what the fuck? But um, he was he was pretty, he bossed it, mate, to be honest. Um, he bossed it. He was, a, you know, tough cookie. He's just smoking, classic army or, you know, soldiers just smoking away, fucking. Black humour gobbing off. Obviously, he's fucking loaded with morphine as well. The commander, I think, was in more pain. He fractured his 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 um, what's the bone at the top? Is it tip or fib? Fractured the top of his leg. Yeah. Uh, and 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 he he sort of was in a lot more pain. He, as, he what he's done is, is he's got blown out of the vehicle. He's hit the butt of the GPMG of the machine gun, and that's oh. what's broken his leg. So you can imagine that, mate. Yeah. Um. And like I said, that no one died. We got them out. It was a good extraction. Uh, and, you know, everyone, it wasn't, you're not happy at all, but you're like, it was a, no one fucked up massively. It was a, wasn't a pat on the back, but you're like, I know I can do my fucking job. Okay. Uh, but what did get me, mate, was, um, you know, you're not signed off for a week. It's like, right, lads, we're going back there tomorrow. That that was that was something that did get me. You're like, fucking hell. And then you, do you sleep that night? Of course you don't. You're there going, Fucking going back there. You know, you forget about these, these nights that you're thinking, fucking hell, we got turned up, tuned up when we went there last and we're going there again tomorrow. Yeah, right. So you did go back there. What did you do? Just fucking turn it on? Yeah, mate. As you can imagine, mate, it's fucking, there was no prisoners then. Uh, they they knew we were up for a scrap. They were up for a scrap. Uh, we played them a little bit better this time tactically. We knew what they were doing. Yeah, similar to a boxing fight, you know, that you're prancing around first round, you know, judging the distance, and then you get hit, you're all oh, feel his power, feel that, that's what we're doing. And then it's like, you know, round three, four, five, you're fucking going for it. And that's that's what that's what sort of the stage we were at. We went back and we did a fucking job on the place. Um quality. <laughs> that's what you fucking joined for. <laughs> yeah, exactly, mate. Exactly. How about uh, close air support? Did you get much uh, close air support? Or we used to have the Apaches, but uh, I mean, we didn't get any any jets drop anything from us on that tour. We had a couple of shows of force, but thing is, with the Apaches, mate, like they come out and then the boys wouldn't come out to play. They go back to seeding the ID, so you almost need to draw them out. And then if it got a bit, if it did get a bit too spicy, you know the 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 uh, officer commanding would would bring it in and call it on, but like you said, as soon as they come out, mate, they know they're not stupid, mate. They're That's not going to hang around. Yeah. With yeah, yeah, they're not hanging around when AH is coming. Mate. So if you want to have a bit of a dust up, we just call it off uh, and then bring it in when if you really needed it. Don't get me wrong, obviously, as soon as you get casualty, right, that's a priority. They come on, and you you know you fucking go to town. But um, yeah, 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 right, mate. And how long was this uh, this first deployment? Six months. Six months. That's six, was, yeah, that's six and a half. The tempo was just next level. Kinetic, kinetic, kinetic. It was, mate. 
but I will stand by. Like I didn't really see the Taliban in my role. I just fucking was firing at lightly targets, you know, a couple of shadows and moving bits and bobs. But it maybe actually shows the level of soldier I was at that point. So I said I'm surprised I've made it out. You know, you're just a very inexperienced bloke, and I'm firing at lightly firing points and moving about. But I didn't properly see much. And because we're in the vehicles a lot, mate, we did do the old foot patrol. But because we're in the vehicles a lot, you're obviously the biggest target on the fucking battlefield. So for me, it just felt like I got fucking malleted, mate. I spent a lot of time digging in and popping smoke and putting tourniquets on people, uh, to be honest. And that, that, that's what set me up to want to go snipers when I got back because I wanted to have a fucking effect. Yeah. I, I, you know, stretched a lot of the boys off and not really had an effect. It's frustrating. How, how big are these? Uh, what do you, when you're out in, the, out in the sticks, maybe you're running platoon size or how big are these units? We were four vehicle packets. We were in a we were just four four vehicles. Four vehicles. How many yeah. bikes? Twelve, because you'd have a dismount as well in the back. So twelve blokes. But we'd got we'd then go in with like we're getting scraps on our own. When we were in movements. But that's what Recky's about. We were doing some cool mm. stuff. Like we were snuggling. in. The vehicles are really quiet, and it was that I did enjoy that, mate. We'd come in at night, leaguer up, hide, and then fucking. Dharma of a safe group up to up the top of the hill, mate, and then the infantry go through the door at the fucking you know at, at dawn, and the and the jackal just roll up, mate, and they start fucking let's go. It was yeah, we did some quality stuff like that. Yeah, right, fucking hell. And just in regards to the jackal, mate, give us a quick rundown on the the armaments on it. On it, what do you got? A fifty GPMG? GPMG on the front, that's seven point six two. It's a general purpose machine gun. Uh, and then on the on the top, you'd have a, a 50 cal or, or a GMG, so a grenade machine gun. I mean, I'm, I know you know what they are. I'm just explaining yeah. for this. Yeah, yeah, of course, uh, mate. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so a GMG, grenade machine gun, 40, 40 millimeter grenades are just popping off. Uh, and like, you, you know, HE, that's fucking cool, mate. It's probably my favorite weapon system. And that's from a sniper. You know what I mean? It says a lot about my shooting ability. <laughs> it fucking sounds good when it's in, in motion. Nice quality, isn't it? And you just seen them float in. And it looks so innocent. And then it's like, bosh, nothing happens. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, mate. Now, yeah, right. So you do your six months. How you you get back to the United Kingdom, mate? How are you feeling, mate? How was just fucking... Again, you're still young. So you're just like fucking mate, straight on the booze, straight back to the board. Yes. Uh, I've gone to the gym for the first time. I actually had a fucking chest, not a hole in my fucking, you know, just two nipples. Uh, You've got about 10, 10 grand in a bank for the first time ever. You do what any 18-year-old does. He you know, goes around thinking he's a dog with two dicks, you know, yeah. chasing him in. Got in a bit of a tear up. They had a couple of scraps. because you Not not because I was an angry guy. You're just, you're just fucking loose. Like, you're used to just having a problem and firing lights. We just said GMG or 50 cal at it. Like, <laughs> you just, that's just what you like. You're training for war. So, had a good party. Obviously, went to Thailand. Um Got amongst it out there. Yeah, we've had a great time, mate. Um, yeah, like any 18-year-old dude that come back from war, especially my mates, you got to think are all still at school or getting ready to choose what uni adversity they're going to, and I'm coming back having done that, you know? It's it's not normal, is it? It's just not fucking normal. Yeah, as you said. It's meant there's, there's adi- just let you go out on the piss. Exactly. There's 18-year-olds fucking just finishing school, you know, getting their first fucking carpentry fucking apprenticeship. You've just been... Six months in a fucking war zone, blokes. Thirty percent fucking casualty rate, and now you're back. You know, a bit of money in your pocket, boozed up, and like it's it. There was no training back then. Yeah, you know, how to no, play back into the real world. 
Well, we do, we do something called decompression. So you stop off in Cyprus. They take your uniform off you, basically to wash it and dry clean it. And they put, they give each man has four cans. You know, you know how it is in the army. There's always someone you know. You get an extra can off, or you somehow steal some. Or black blokes are brewing their own shit. Yeah, and they put like comedians on. Um, I think our comedian, no one let him tell a joke until he got naked, and then you know, then the, the final, the final bloke just walked out naked, and we were like, Way! and he's the only one that got to, to finish his fucking set. Uh, then you drink, and they just let you scrap, mate. They just let you scrap it out. So the the the, the the thing is, they want you to go home tired and hungover, so you don't go into town that night and fucking do the same thing. Yeah. Like, do it amongst yourselves and cat. Go home hungover and go and you know fall asleep in your girlfriend's arms with fresh uniform on. Yeah, um, it doesn't doesn't work. Other than that, you just let loose. Yeah, it doesn't work uh, on you, mate. You're just on the piss every night, regardless. Even if you're hungover. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can't do that now, Jesus. <laughs> no, exactly. Now, mate, uh, as you said, Snipe Course 2010. You wanted to uh, make a bit of a difference and crack on. I did, mate. Yeah, um, Craig. Craig was a sniper. He was doing getting amongst it out there when I was with him. Uh, he was my troop sergeant, so I was had a keen interest there. I told him I was interested, and you know, fair play to me. He um, he got me got me involved, got me enrolled. So I went on selection. Uh, about thirty of us on that, and I think maybe fifty percent of us got a space on the sniper course from that. Go on the sniper course nine weeks. Uh, 15 to 20 blokes on a course. Uh, five of us passed, I think, after the nine weeks. So quite a high attrition rate. Um, but more so from, it's not like, you know, like on selection, you see blokes are obviously piling in from the pure fucking physical activity that they're doing. Mm. Not so much that on snipers, it's just you failed. It's, you, you ain't got the time. Yeah, it's technical. You ain't got the time yeah. to go back you you either achieve the standard because we've got to move on because you know you pass your shooting on that course and you're like quality you know I can hit a, you know man size target first round hit out to 900 meters is what you can guarantee or the standard you work at or work to on the course yeah nice one now you need to know how to navigate to get there you need to pass uh, your stalking because you need to be able to conceal your like shooting just one aspect of it and you're like fuck here now it's just the next. The next thing, it's, just, it's a, I mean, it's designed to be mentally tough, and that's obviously an attribute you need, and that sort of that line of work. But um, yeah, it was a high attrition rate with regards to the amount of blows that passed at the end. Yeah, right. Was there any talk about uh, another Afghan trip at that stage? Yes, mate. So um, when we were when I was on the course, uh, there was because you sort of they are penciled in but it, you know things change all the time and they like you know you can't be oh, yeah, you're going to do this and then no this squadron's now part of this brigade and fucking you know what I mean um, they just like to keep you on your toes don't they military in general but when I was on a sniper's course there this is when they were taking volunteers for the brigade reconnaissance force which is what I, the, the unit I was part of on my second deployment so sort of rung up uh, the, the CMO the career management officer and said uh, I want to volunteer for the BRF and he's like why the fuck aren't you in my office, you lazy little cunt? And I said, because I'm on, I'm sorry, sir, I'm on a sniper's course. I said, I can't, I can't come into camp and do it. And he was like, sniper's course, eh? And I was like, yeah. He's like, right. He's like, well, make sure you fucking pass it. I was like, right, okay. Yeah. And, and he's like, your name's on the list. So we, so I knew then I was going to go back out again. Um, and it was just all, all the more for getting this sniper course fucking passed because I wanted that. That's what I'd have been doing when I was out there. So that's, that was a big incentive for me. And, uh, you know, and, 
luckily I passed. <laughs> yeah, right. But you spend the next, what, probably three years, two, two, or two and a bit years back in yeah. the UK, just training and training, getting ready for the next deployment. Um, the Brigade Reconnaissance Force stuff is a lot more in depth. You've got a past selection first as an individual. You know, blokes were getting dropped. Officers were getting dropped. It was like, because you essentially, every time we rotate as the, the UK and Helmand Province, it's a brigade that goes to Helmand Province, right? So out of all of Helmand Province, we were obviously not SF by any stretch. They do their own separate thing. But, but as part of that brigade, any hot spots, any time-sensitive intelligence, um, any fucking... QRS, you know, PB's getting in the shit. The Brigade Reconnaissance Force gets the call and we we fly out and half. So so helicopter assault force. And that that was our role. So you fucking it was a quality job, mate. And, that, and that's what we that, and we knew we knew what that was. And uh, that's why we were all training for it. So it's quite in depth. I mean, that was comedy, mate. We were we were getting destroyed by this SAS dude. Uh, you know, he'd been up for about four days. And we're doing camera work. And like we'd Spent all all day staging, going into it, and we've got forward and we're taking these photos at night. You know, you do it over a long exposure, yeah. And uh, all the other teams are coming in from different angles, and this one lad has—I mean, it's funny. Like he's forgot to take down the flash, so we're all super tactical, taking these long exposures, mate. And he just goes, and it's like, right. So we obviously that's a. It, like you could just hear screaming and punching and fucking like the the, the dude would just come running out of the woods like you fucking cut anyway but that was like after like four days and he's like right uh obviously that's a fucking fail you go again in two hours we were like <laughs> it's comedy uh there's some there's some bottom lips hanging out uh, after that after that week let me tell you especially for the dude that made the flash it's funny yeah <laughs> <laughs> Always the way. Now, 2013, mate, you're a couple of years older now, what, 23, 24? Yeah, 23, mate, yeah. And second deployment to Helmand pops up. And this is a summer rotation. The previous one was a winter rotation. Now we're yeah. in summer, the fighting season, as they call it. Mate, run us run us through the start of this trip, getting over there. And you're running as a uh, sniper. Yeah, by that point, I was a... Uh... One of the senior snipers uh, within the Brigade Reconnaissance Force. Um, a lot of corporal, a lot of got a stripe, uh, and I was like running a pair. However, we sort of rotated between shooter and spotter because we we're all similar standard, and we all wanted to share the kills. Like I don't want to be a spotter the whole fucking tour. I want to get stuck yeah. in. Like, so we got out, mate. You know, we knew what the Brigade Reconnaissance Force was going to do. Um, so we had a super professional handover from the unit before us. Did a couple of ops. And do you know what, mate? As a, as, from my perspective, that's when I was at my peak. I was super keen. Things were going well. I was fit, strong, uh, as, as, as I ever was. Um, you know, sniping, I'm fucking confident, mate. I've done the course a couple of years ago. We've won sniper competitions. Like, I'm fucking ready. You know, it was, if you're an athlete or a fighter, it was that, that was your, that was your fight week that was going to be a big money maker, you know, the big night where you're going to win the world title. I felt great. The deployment was, I was super ready for it. Keen. Like I said, it was quality. Buzzing to be out there, buzzing to be part of this brigade reconnaissance force because I knew we were going to get the good jobs and I knew we were going to get stuck in and have an effect. Because before, mate, winter tour, like I said, I slugged around the, the PB, not showering, not shitting in toilets, digging holes. Mm. Uh, and getting blown up 
so this tour was like you said summer like i was i was ready mate you know I'd, I'd, and i'd sort of processed by then the, the casualties we took in the first tour and i was you know i fucking ate the taliban i hated them and i was I, it did not bother me one bit the thought of having to go in there and do the business um yeah it built up a long time you're training about it been thinking about it you know spending time with the boys with no legs watching the rehabilitation, rehabilitation watching the the struggles, watching the, the partners leave them because they're depressed and they're fucking mm. having dramas. Like I was fucking ready, mate. Uh, so yeah, yeah, the place. Yeah, no, fuck, fuck the Taliban, exactly. Now, mate, you get over there. Um, what are you running? Are you running like similar to last time with the jackals, or what's the what's the deal? So we had jackals. We had jackals. We had a fleet of jackals as a squadron, which so we could do gaffs, ground assault force. Uh, but we, most of them were, were half so in the Chinooks, mate. Um, straight, what was quality, straight over the IED belt, straight on the door, straight straight through the door. Um, that was It was brilliant, mate. So we're, we're running mainly mainly halves in Chinooks. Um, sometimes, if it was time sensitive, because of the, the obviously, you, you think at war, mate, it's just multiple, there's like, like infinite everything, but like, you know, booking a fucking Chinook to go and do a job, mate, is like trying to find a taxi on New Year's Eve at three in the morning. It's fucking comedy, isn't it? No, the SF boys obviously had their own sort of, sort of, obviously they've got the resources, but some of the jobs, they'd be like, yeah, we can't get you out there. So you're like, what do you mean? It's not, you know, we're not fucking, you're out, it was comedy, but usually no less than two troops. Sometimes it was all four troops going out, so a whole squadron, and we'd all fucking... Go and go and land, and what a quality thing to be part of, mate! Fucking, you know, you're on the flight line at night. You're all in your in your chalks. You know, you're all ready, geared up. Some people are talking. Some people. Are, I love the psychology behind it. You've got the mm. bloke that's listening to Queen, the bloke listening to death metal, the bloke listening to classical. You got blokes eating, blokes smoking. Some are dead quiet. Some are dead overly loud because they're nervous. Yeah. Some are cracking jokes. Some are just stone cold normal, and you think you're a fucking psycho. Yeah. But I love it. I love it. And then. You walk towards the chin up, you hear the engines whirl up and you're like, right, go time. You know what I mean? You shake your mate's hand, like, let's fucking get it. Walking onto the chin up, you're all sat there, fucking looking at each other. Two minute call, fucking everyone makes ready. Oh, it's fucking quality, innit? Um, uh, and we did that for six months, mate. It's fucking, you know, best six months of my fucking life. Yeah, right, mate. Now, now, quickly run me through, obviously, you're a sniper at this stage too. Run us through, you know, your first, uh, I guess, first time getting to use your platform. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, we'll say it how it is, first kill. Um, you know, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't get nothing on the first or nothing confirmed anyway. You know, me firing me fucking, me <laughs> rifle, with me picking my hands. Um, went, on a, went on a job, uh, thought we were just going to clear through a bad area. They had reports of these fucking, you know, a couple of tasty fighters and the you know, icon popping up and the human was like, there's a couple of dudes here that are, that are associated with some bad groups went there mate and it all just kicked off as like we came across like 30 or 40 like foreign fighters that had come over from Pakistan and were just transiting through so they're like sweet like the blokes are coming helicopters like we'll have a scrap just had this massive scrap um could hear my mate um Adam in in contact He's, he was a section commander and he was having a tough time of it and I'm I'm up on the high ground you know with a couple of snipers and I'm like fucking on the map do you know what I mean I'm like fucking hell bit far so got him up on the spotting scope saw where he was and I could see these dudes just walk milling across the field because they're that far away they just think they're fucking safe right so they're just milling across and I'm like 
what's he swinging? He's swinging a fucking AK. The other dudes, then, you know, when you like focus, it was like that moment. Yeah. The other dudes, an RPG, the other guy's got a PKM and they're fucking going to get involved. So I'm like, what lazed it. This? So I lazed it. It didn't work because of just the dust and it, it was too far. So it was quite, it was quite nice how it worked. There's a prominent tree line. So I've looked on the map and I've just, to be honest, best way of judging distance I found was measuring on the map anyway. You're always going to be spot on if your maths is there. So it's 1,825 meters. Yeah. Never, never made a shot before. But my mate's in the shit and he's walking towards my mate. So like, you know, when you're like, when the pressure's on, you've got to do it. So fucking put my dope in and I'm working it out and I'm doing the, doing the, working out the fucking sort of the data to put into the site. Pulled a shot. And it's a fucking long couple of seconds, mate, waiting for that to go. Missed. But at that at that distance, the round isn't 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 um, supersonic anymore, subsonic anymore. It's 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 not spinning; it's tumbling, right? Yeah, it's just yeah. you're right at the end of the rifle's the rifle's capability. So it's like a fucking clothes peg being thrown at you. You know, it's just tumbling. But so I saw where it landed, but because it was like a little poof, it's not a high velocity round at that point. He sort of like looked round, but he stopped, mate. So he stopped walking to, to he thought maybe someone threw a stone at him. I was like. You stupid cunt. Put another four rounds in the air. Obviously, I saw seen where the land, I knew the correction. Another four rounds in the hair, clipped two of them. Uh one one straight in the chest, one one on his leg. So two went down. The guy next to me was like, What's your fucking data? What's your data? Because he's seen I've got a hit and he's spotting for me with his rifle. So then he's there, and then yeah, the boys just went to town and um, yeah. Uh yeah, no more, no more color Oh fuck yeah. Yeah, it was quality, mate. And I've, I've managed to get. I mean, I'll send you some pictures after this. My mate took yeah. a picture. I've got yelled in the round. My first, my first, you know, dig. And I've got. I've taken both home, mate. And I've got them as cufflinks. Oh yeah. Two, three, oh three. fuck yeah. Yeah, sick. What uh, what type of rifle are you using? So point three three eight. Uh, so eight point five nine millimeter. Yeah. We used to have the seven six two, but we found with Afghan like the seven six two wouldn't have achieved that range. Um. The 8.59 would go out to maybe 1,200 meters harassing, but because of, because of, you know, I'm not a super shot. Trust me, I'm not. But the reason I got out to that distance with a bit of work was how thin the air was and the temperature. You know, yeah. you wouldn't have done that in the UK at sea level. That's it, because the air. Um, yeah. yeah, so the air, the air's thinner. You get more out of the rounds. This hotter, more kinetic energy sort of pushes it a bit further. You know, the ammunition works a bit better for you. You know. Um, right. Oh fuck it. Now it's, I had a I had an Australian sniper on a, a couple of weeks ago, and he shot a bloke at uh, similar range, about eighteen hundred, and shot him in the face with the uh, um, wow. with the fifty cow. Yeah, I'll send you the picture, mate. This guy survives. The Taliban guy survives. Rips his rips his fucking face off. Though it was awesome. It's fucking. It was beautiful. <laughs> it was art. Yeah. Way I like the poetry emotion. I'm a, I'm a bit teary. It's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah right mate so obviously that's your first uh your first your first kill ends up being your first time you get to fire your your bad boy and uh send it which is pretty cool and how yeah, mate. up until you you get fucking injured how's this trip is it just continuous because because of the role we had mate like you said the last tour you go out on this not pointless patrols you go out on patrols achieve fuck all but you're risking your fucking life big time. Every time we went out, it was to have an effect on the Taliban, mate. It mm. was, you know, we were hitting uh, fucking blokes who would, you know, 
killed a load of fucking British soldiers like a couple of weeks before, or they were transporting munitions, or or we were going to where their munitions were. Or they were foreign fighters. It was just you having a having an effect, mate. And do you know what? Getting wet, cold, and tired, and hot, and dusty, absolutely fine when you're having an effect. It's when you go out, mate. You've lost two blokes, and you fucking all you've got, mate, is trench foot, and you've not achieved anything. You know. So it was a very fulfilling tour. Very lucky. Every time we went out, we got we got in the shit. Uh, and weren't too bad for casualties, to be honest, mate. Um, because because of you know skipping the ID belt and getting straight stuck into, you know, you're, you're on your terms, and, and it's quite hard for them to. The way we were in and out was was worked well for us. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's it's always good to hear, mate. Making an effect. Now, mate. Obviously, mid tour. This is where you decided to catch around in your neck. What's, yes. What's going on here, mate? Last stop before R and R. Uh, and I'm a gob. If I haven't worked out already, I'm could be a bit of a gobshite. And I'm like, fucking hell, lads. That's Last right. one. Yeah. One of us, one of us, going to get clipped here. It's got it written all over it. I can see it in the papers now. And they're like, why the fuck are you saying that? I'm like, fuck off. You don't believe that. Yeah. Fast forward three hours, mate. I'm fucking laying there holding me neck and me fucking dicking my hands again. Uh, what, what, why did I say that? Um, so we went into a place called Yakshaw. Uh, Anyone who's been there, if anyone, any listeners, they'll go, you know, shithole. Uh, you always go there, you can get in a scrap. The A&A, A&A were meant to have cleared it uh, the week before. So our job was to go in and just confirm it. Obviously, they haven't fucking cleared it. Because uh, they're dog shit. Um, so we went We went in, we knew we were going to get in a scrap. I was happy with the scheme of manoeuvre. This is what we always did. We saw, we'd go in, and, in these different wherever our HLSs were, you know, a platoon on each one. And we'd all have like a different area that we'd sweep, but we'd all be just within weapons range to support each other, but be doing your own thing. It was just quite hard for them to doctrinally keep up with. It was, it worked well for us anyway. Um, I sort of, the, 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 the mapping by that stage was fucking awesome. So I knew exactly where I wanted to go. The high point, nice, you know, commanding views, a compound I felt I could defend should the hit, shit hit the fan. So we've gone in, uh, in uh, in the night time, uh, inserted during the night. Uh, like I said, they didn't show me that in the fucking recruitment video when he fucking lands and he's straight in the scrap. You know what I mean? We've been for having for four hours before, but yeah, gone in. I've set up, mate, um, and I'm I'm an outer cordon looking in. Yeah, so the boys that are assaulting these these compounds, I'm firing over their heads. That's that's the, I'm going to be firing them in. That's my job. I'm sort of intimate support for them. Bit of sporadic fire from behind me, which was many have been cleared and where we've just come from. So I'm like, fucking hell, this ain't good because I'm now stopping people getting in. I thought I was, you know, having having it good at the back, having a smoke and you know fire, firing blokes in. And I'm now thinking, fuck. So I'm trying to keep up with the the sort of tactical situation of what's evolving and what's moving. But as you know, in Afghan, they're so porous, mate. Like they just move in and out, little rat runs popping up. I'm like, fuck. So. Seen a dude with like dicking us, blatantly dicking us. Um, and I've clocked him 240 something meters away from where I was. I fucking had the dope in, I was ready to, to flat pack him. Like, uh, called it in though, it did the right thing, uh, because of the rules of engagement we were under. Um, didn't get permission, fine, it is what it is. He's still there though. The thought crossed my mind is there any way I can robustly apply the rules of engagement to take this guy out because I know he's like it wouldn't have been a murder. He's a bad dude. Like I'm not just I know something bad's gonna come from this. Couldn't couldn't work it, you know, and I 
I, I sort of was very cautious as well, mate, of like, didn't never want to do it, engage anyone. I didn't have to, because I know later on in life, it was going to bother me if you mm. sort of just doing it for the crack. And I was never, a, never lost my temper. I'm not an angry dude and I'm not, not a psychopath, like, but I've got no dramas, you know, pulling the trigger when you need to, but you know, I was, so yeah, there's no way I was going to engage him or the way things were. So you just got to get on with it. But I'm now facing outwards. I'm supposed to be supporting the blokes behind me, you know. So I'm I'm sort of calling it in. But you know, as a lance corporal, mate, you can't exactly get on the net to your major and tell him to uh, restructure his fucking squadron, like because his scheme of manoeuvres not working anymore. Like obviously, I'm not going to do that. You just report what you see, and it's him to obviously do what he does. And and he he was quality. I'm not digging him out, but you know, obviously, I can't say too much here. It's just mm-hmm. like stop fucking murdering Maloney and hold your hold your corner. But. It was like someone just went, you know, sort of three, two, one, go. 15 firing points opened up. Um, I couldn't count that at the time. I just know from the reports afterwards. So 15 firing points opened up on on me. Uh, Nob Isaiah had set up on something called Old School House, which was where they, they their, their symbolic home in Yaksha, where they teach all, where they meet and teach all the fucking teachings of, you know, Taliban. And the, the kids were fucking. The kids were all in uniform when we kicked them out in the morning when we went through the door. It was like their symbolic house. So I said, you know, essentially propped up on the White House and, and put my rifle there. Big fuck you to the whole fucking village. So we're getting fucking smashed, mate. Um, but the gunner next to me, machine gunner with me, he was quality. But the, the guys that had on ground sentry in the compound were combat camera team, like cameras with them. And like, they're quality. They're good, good blokes, but like they're not through and through fucking you know, war fighters at the, at the time. Uh, and they're filming, mate. So wasn't the best team to have if you're going to be caught in a fucking killing zone like that, you know? Um, I'm now trying to deal with it. Straight away, I went over to look at the bloke that obviously I've been queuing up to fucking shoot because I knew he was the one orchestrated it. Had him in my sights, mate, and then I'll get fucking... I, I heard him, saw him transmit, got a fucking real bad burst of um, what I think was a PKM from the right. So I just... Fucking pick the rifle up to the right. I'm now trying to do that because that was really causing us dramas. Like, you know what I mean? It's no one I was getting shot at, but it was shit's picking up everywhere. We're covered in dust. It's fucking close, mate. Um, I mean, you know when you get shot at, and then you know when you're being shot at, like it's you're the cunt he's aiming for. It's a fucking different noise altogether, isn't it? Um so I've popped up over to the right, I've started to engage targets, and then fucking bang, like. Like, I imagine what being hit by lightning's like. I just was like, reset, like, instantly. I almost feel like a millisecond sort of, like, blacked out. Like, I felt like the whole body just fucking jolt. I'm, I'm pretty sure, mate, I lifted in a prone position, lifted off the ground. Like, that's what it felt like. Um, I've been hit. But it's also that it's the noise, mate. You know, you know, in that film, Saving Private Ryan, when he's on the beach and he's just yeah. in shit state. Yeah. And he's fucking, he's on here, fuck all. That's what it was like, slow motion. Shit's pinging up. Um, I'm fucking heart rate is fucking going for it, mate. Yeah. Um, my day sack's taking rounds. I've taken ra- I've taken a round, and I've, um, round has gone through the top of my body armor as well. But it's pierced my camelback pipe. You know your fucking water pipe. Yeah, yeah. So that's pissing water, which I think is blood. <laughs> so I just rolled off the roof. Right, I had my rifle with me. Rolled off the roof. I just kept rolling, rolling, rolling. So it's just a natural reaction, like, fuck, man, like, get the fuck out of here, like, you know, gather yourself. I've been buzzed. Roll off this roof, mate, and the roof's about 10 foot tall, and I'm I'm flat. 
mate, I fucking roll off land. I'm fucking on my feet. I'm like, how's the land on my fucking feet? And then, like, the thing that broke this, like, the comedy moment was just this goat screaming in pain from where I've landed on the goat, mate. I've shattered the cunt's back. It's fucking screaming. All four legs are like that. And I was like, fucking hell. Cheers, goat. Like, save me breaking my neck there. Anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling my neck. I can't see it. Fucking claret's pissing out. Uh, blood, sorry, is pissing out. Uh, it's all over my hands. I can feel two holes in my neck. Mm. So I initially thought I had shrapnel from the front or something like that. And I've just got a bit of, you know, a core yeah. bit either side. Because you don't think it's gone through. So it went through the side. Do you know what I mean? One side of Adam's apple came out the other. I don't know this time. Claret's pissing out. I'm like, right, fucking get your heads together. Uh, you can still breathe. You can hear gargling. It wasn't fucking flying out. You know what I mean? Like arterial bleed. And I could still talk. I mean, I had a manly voice for the first time in my life, but yeah, I could still talk. I'm looking at Ash. I'm like, Ash, how bad is it, mate? And he's going, manly. He's like, I'm like, yeah, sweet Ash. How bad is it, mate? He's like, fucking hell, mate. It's gone right through your neck. And I was like, yeah, yeah, mate, how bad is it? And he's like, fucking mate. I was like, all right, fuck this. So I thought, I've got, we've got to call this in. My radio's still up on the roof. I was like, but I've got to get, get, you know, win the firefight. It's the first thing you get taught. It's fucking, you know, there was no option of me laying down. I'd given the talk, you know, gobbed off my whole life. I'm going back home, fucking sniper this, sniper that. Really proud of me doing it. I'm ready to go to war. I want to fucking get, get, you know, kill these cunts because my fucking mates have been hurt and I fucking hate them. No chance of ever uh, laying down. People have asked me, oh, you know, you got back up like it's heroic, mate. It is, I would say, ego, mate. I just didn't want to look a fucking prick. Mm. I didn't want to, I was in such a good unit, I didn't want to let the lads down. And I wanted to, you know, and I didn't want to be, uh, ego, mate. If, if, if you get, if you, if you, um, if you get clipped in the head, yeah, and, and you're on your own at home, you lay down for a minute, won't you? Mm. Like, you know, say you bang your head bad, and you fucking, it knocks you on your ass. You'll lay yeah. down for a minute. Someone hits you, and you're fucking birds watching, what do you do? You're fucking straight back up, mate. Turn it back on, yeah. Yeah, and listen, if it's male ego that got me up, then fucking so be it. But that's what got me up, and I thought, well, not a fucking chance. You also think, I think I'm going to die, right? Like, I'm like, this is fucking bad. Uh, so I think you got, I've got maximum got three minutes. So I grab a 66, like a little rocket thing. I've been carrying it around all fucking tour. Like, I'm finally getting this cunt off and chuck it, and I don't have to fucking carry it anymore. Pop out the doorway to get the 66 off where the bloke was. There's fucking Taliban a lot closer to what I fucking thought. Like my own fault for letting them sneak up on me. But the six, I've got a fucking burst. Fucking from the 66 on the floor, you know, was was dealing them with, you we were talking small arms and grenades just to fucking get me a fucking breathing space. And then like, I'm thankful that I saw them because otherwise it would have been when they came through the fucking door. Mm. Uh, but it made me then realise like, fucking stop fucking around, get on the net because if you don't get support now, you're, you're going to be putting your bane out in a minute because you're fucking... You know, your, your, your 170 centimetre long fucking sniper rifle isn't screwing them up <laughs> in a firefight like that. So, got on the radio, mate. Um, in the meantime, I've, t- I've, I've said on the PRR, which is like unsecured personal world radio, like a walkie talkie, I've said I've been clipped. Wes has heard this before I'd even sent up a contact report. This all happened in a matter of, you know, a minute, minute or two. Um, so, while I'm sending up the contact report, Wes comes fucking running through the door. So, Wes, in, in the, all this commotion, has just said to me, he went, boss, size has been hit, I'm going back. Boss is like, what do you mean? 
then as he runs off, he's like, where the fuck's Wes going? Contact report comes over the radio. He then goes, right, okay, Roger, fucking size been it. So Wes is already there. And, he, and I'm looking at him now, mate, like, I need to study this cunt's face because um, he's going to tell me how bad it is. You know, like when you're going, you know, like in the films, they're like, yeah, you're looking good, Jeff. And then they turn around to their mates and they're like, he's fucked, mate. Like, that, that, that's what I was waiting for. <laughs> So he's like, he's like, yeah, you're good, mate. I was like, yeah, fucking read this one before in Band of Brothers, you know what I mean? And uh, and then he, he didn't he didn't give the look, and he's just like, yeah, no draw. He's like, I've got you, mate. I've got you. And I was like, tell you what, mate. Obviously, I had probably three minutes of panic. After that, I was completely calm because you know that's just the this is what I mean being part of such a good unit. Like mm. he says, it's good, it's good. I don't question anything. He's like, I've got you, bro. Professional, like no dramas. Like let's do it. Uh, so he he sorted me out. Obviously, I'll let him tell his story with that, but um, he's run through 15 firing points. He's run past Taliban that firing at me, like, like to get to me. Um, you know, absolute instinct that was as well, mate. You know, that was a, there was no question or build himself up to it. He was like, size been it, got to get back. Didn't even think he, that's just what he did. You know, that's in you that, you know, you don't, you don't teach that. It's been built in him. Um, you know, warrior spirit, but um, catch me up. By this point, my sort of section of multiple have come back. And to be honest with you, mate, we had a fucking good, good, good scrap. We got a, a foothold, obviously, lads popped up on the as you do, spread out, got the got the sort of um got the arcs covered. Um So you're still so fighting. We, you're still fighting. Yeah, yeah, I'm still fighting. So Wes has Wes has said, I need to see you in a couple of minutes. Section commander when he came in was like, I'm running around fucking obviously he's pumped full of adrenaline with Clara all down my fucking chest. So it's an open wound still, it's still gargling blood. And and at one point, you know, you do expect he's gonna fucking faint and kill over. So Wes Wes took did it quickly, bless him. He took a, a couple I'll send you all the footage after this, by the yeah, way. On the yeah, Dropbox. yeah, fuck it. Fuck so it. I've got his helmet cam and the camp, combat camera team who were filming it, it's like it's all fucking it's all there. So it's pretty quality that I've managed to get it for such a life-changing event sort of thing or significant event. Um, he, he patches me up. I get back on the roof. I'm cracking on with the sniper rifle. Uh, and then the section commander's like, so I get the fuck down. Like, what's, like, sat me, me down, medic down. What's the crack? Give me an assessment. It's like, this is this, this is this, this is this. Right, he needs to go. No, nothing's going to land to get me because we're in too much of a scrap. So, you know, we need to win the firefight because nothing can land. It's too hot. Um, I mean, it says in the, in the citation, you know, carried on fighting for 90 minutes. Yeah, mate, if the bird was there, I'd have been fucking gone in 10. But, like, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, gonna you do? had to, you had to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I said to the section commander, I said, I said, Sedge, the geezer is fucking in that compound, mate, 420 meters away. I've got to crack him. I've got to crack him. It's like, right, okay. This lunatic, he got mentioned in dispatches that day. And, do you know, as we talk about medals and stuff, uh, any, every man should have got the highest fucking medal there was you know it's the same with every medal story mine just made a good story you know it was a cool cool newspaper story but every bloke there should have got it you know Sedge, Sedge then walks up the roof he's like sorry have you got him and it, and, it, and I'm like yeah I'm I'm on like, I'm waiting for you to just you to draw him out sort of thing he was like if you definitely you're on yeah like you're good to go like yeah yeah so I'm set up mate the fucking lunatic jumps up on the roof where I've just been shot mate and starts running up and down it so they're fucking all the ruts at his feet. He jumps off into a haystack and then matey boy pops his head up and I'll, you know, I cracked him twice. I hit him once in, in a center of mass, I believe probably, probably smashed for his pelvis, to be honest. It would have been pretty painful. He slumped down, hit him again, hit him again. And his mates then come out to sort of fire over his head. He's 
given a burst and I fucking got my I got cracked in the helmet. So I've been shot twice in a day. I then rolled out from the door because I sort of was through a doorway. I then rolled out of, out of line of sight of the doorway. And I'll tell you what, mate, that scared me more than the first one. The first one was a, a an adrenaline buzz and you rolling with it. Then I fucking, my, I think my adrenaline ran out there and then I was in the overdraft and uh, I went. You can hear it in my voice. You see it in the video. Uh, I, you, my voice went and then I was like, yeah, watch that door, lads. They've got that, that door zeroed. Like, I was like, fucking, yeah, okay, you've got to wind your neck in now. You've you pushed your luck today. Um, yeah, I've still got the helmet at home. Sports mark down the fucking middle. Fucking hell. Holy shit, mate. What a fucking story. That's that's and that's the whole point of why I wanted you on this podcast, mate, is to share this shit because this is stuff that'll be forgotten unless it's been told. Like, yeah, for sure, mate. mate best, best day of my life. I had two minutes of panic. Yeah. Your fucking boy, your boys then come in, mate. It's, you know, like you fucked up, but you know, the boys are like, we fucking got you, mate. Don't worry about yeah. this. Like, let's fucking, who are the boys? Show me where they are. Let's fucking do it. Like, yeah. You know, ultimate professionalism. Fuck, man. Well, how does any human not think that is special? That you've experienced the bond of that level, operated at that level. You know, you've got all these sports stars who will only maybe win a World Cup final or whatever the fuck it is, or boxers that will win a world title, and and somehow experience on their own like that level of what mm. we experienced for six months every fucking day around good blokes. Like we are so fucking lucky, mate. Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. One hundred percent, mate. So, uh, how does this this firefight end? Does it just? Do you guys do a so, draw? Do, do you know? So you, you know the American PJs, the para rescue. Yeah, jumpers? yeah, yeah. Yeah I've, yeah, I've had a couple on. I've had two on. They're fucking. Bullet, they're amazing, mate. So he, they, they were in the area. Mate, by the way, it's Fourth of July, so American. Oh, Independence was it? Oh, so they're fucking. They're wanting to turn it on, mate. We called on AA. Um, and it was US Marine Corps AH. I think they called like Vengeance Corps sign or something really cool like that. Mate, they went guns empty in about 20 seconds. Yeah. Like they've got a full payload. They've absolutely mullered this place. And then the PJs come in and fair play to these people. And I've got their footage as well. So I've met up with them since and I've swapped. So I've got their helmet cam footage. They've got mine. It's all, so it's all oh, like this three awful. different revolving quality. Yeah, but. They, 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 as you know, mate, they are just heroes, mate. They just landed smack bang in the middle of it. Two of them ran off, and I run past because I'm just sprinting straight towards the fucking black hole. Like, if, if I've had enough of being shot at, mate, I'm, I am, I admit, my nervous system then is fried. The adrenaline's subsided, and you fucking, you're a bit jittery, mate. Like, you, mm. you, you're like, what the fuck am I still doing here? Like, I'm, I've had a fucking real close call there. So I just run straight on. Medic goes to give the handover, Wes, and he's like, where's the casualty? He's like, he's behind you, mate. And they were like, oh, sweet. So I said to the boys, "Where the two PJs, where were you running to? They were like, mate, we heard you been shot in the throat. So we assumed you were non-ambulatory. So we were just going to run on. We just said, drop us off. And they they don't know me, mate. No, they're not even, I'm not even American. They were just going to jump down, mate, and stay with me as long as possible and just fight with me to try and keep me alive because they thought I was dying. Like, never met that fucking dude. That's fucking gangster. And he was and he just said, he was like, oh, we were just going to stay with you and fight with you for a bit. Like, we, we just we just wanted to get to you, man. Like, we heard you on the ground. 90 minutes had passed. We were like, we know we ain't got long left. we got to fucking get to him. So that, they were just told the pilot, drop off. It's only because I run on. They, the pilot went, was switched on enough to go, I think that's him. Then they come on and we're like, yeah, we've got him. And I got evacuated. But other than that, they were just going to get dropped off, mate. And the, the bird was going to go because... They got in trouble for even landing. They had to. They lied and said that I deteriorated. But their, their commander went, "No fucking way, you landed in that. It's a fucking shit. It's, you know, it's a shitstorm." Um, yeah. 
mate, you know, never like, fucking, you know, again, for human to experience that, fucking amazing. Uh, fuck, mate. Fuck, if you've got the contact to those boys, mate, let me know. I'll fucking, uh, that's a podcast, mate. Yeah, man. That's yeah, hectic. for sure. Fucking hectic. So that so eventually you're fucking uh, in the helo and uh, medivac to back out. So you know you've you guys are fucking the boys are still in the fight. Fucking whacking Taliban. You've been shot in the neck. You've killed a fucking goat as well. It's, yeah, no, mate. So this footage I'll, I'll send you after this, mate. Is the goat the harrowing? Neck? Mate, you can all you can hear, mate. I'm like, because in my head I'm like, <laughs> I've got to go back. I've got to go back and and kill kill the goat. I've got to put out his misery, like you know, pull the nine men out and do the humane thing. Yeah, and then I'm like, it's like you know, the gym piece firing, you got fucking grenades going off, and then like it'll there's a lull, and then it's like, nah, like oh, kills me, mate. I hope I hope he died quickly. That's, he didn't. Yeah. He didn't die quickly. He had a long, painful death of British blokes fucking treading on him and kicking him and falling on him. It was just oh. atrocious. I feel tro- I feel bad. That's the only bit PTSD I've got from that day. <laughs> PTSD just from. the... <laughs> Fucking hearing a screaming goat haunts me at night. <laughs> <laughs> you can't eat fucking goat nor lamb ever again. No, uh, curry goat, mate, off the menu. Yeah, fucking hell. How crazy, mate. So you ship back uh, for Medivac. You get back to the medical facility. What What are they saying? Are they saying it's yeah. through and through? You're good to go? Through and through. Uh, I, I refuse morphine because in my head, I've... I may be going back into the scrap. I didn't, you just, do you know, I'm just that geared up into the fight, mate. I wasn't, you know, when a, a boxer gets buzzed and he's, he's been knocked out, the fight stopped and he's still fucking swinging for the ref. That's sort yeah. of, imagine the sort of headspace I might have been in. But so if you refuse morphine, uh, got it actually. He would have just loved to have seen what that was like. Went into the helicopter and these two, these two PJs were like, after they've done my vitals, have pretty much sort of worked out like the guy's going to be all right. You know, as, as bad as it sounds, the injury wasn't as too atrocious. So he just said, he was like, dude, you're going to be topless. The hospital's loaded with nurses. Like, you've just been shot in the fucking neck and you've got a sniper rifle. He was like, we'll carry all your kit. He was like, you just walk off. So I was like, all right. So I'm fucking walk off with my sniper rifle. I'm topless. I've got claret down my chest. Nurses are all jumping on me. The blokes, the two PJs are like, this is fucking sick. They're like, dude gets shot in the neck, walks off the bird. It's like a scene from American Pie, mate. And and I, you know, one of the blokes as well was hooking up with one of the nurses in the fucking in in the hospital. Yeah, so because we were camped in we were in Camp Ashley where the hospital mm. was, that's where the BRF were based. So they've heard there's a casualty from the BRF, the Gabriel Constance Force. I fucking walked through the door. I got all these nurses there. I was like, this is fucking sick. Like, yeah, you know, I'm seeing a fucking woman with perfume or makeup on for like three, four months now. They're like, oh, it's you. I just fucking walked off and went back to work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. you know, that sort of facilities, um, you know, within seconds, I've got a, a CT scan or whatever it is with the ink, and that's when they confirmed it was through and through. So the surgeon that operated on me said he it was he couldn't have made that incision with a scalpel on an operating table without killing me. Um, the only way he described it was just, you know, if you, if I punch something, it's like a like a bag of water. If I punch it, it's going to ripple out, yeah? Mm. Bullet, the bullet hit my neck, the bag of water. My main artery went one way, my windpipe went the other, and somehow the bullet went through soft straight tissue. Through. Um, straight through, mate. And it was a trace around too, right? So that's my only argument. People say I was shot by a sniper. I don't believe I was. I don't know any sniper that would use tracer because it's no. just going to give us away, yeah? 
Um, not on the not on his marksman's rifle. So I, I don't believe it was a sniper, and I believe it might have been a burst. But I was, there was that much coming in, I don't know. But the trace round done me a favour. It it's cauterised all the blood and and sort of um, you know sort of burnt on the way through. But yeah, a lot of the end the vessels that maybe have caused a few more job dramas. Um, but I'm in surgery. I come round from surgery. Um, I come round from surgery, right? I fucking don't know what the fuck's going on. The stuff they give you is mental. I don't know if you've ever been in surgery, like the anaesthetic, yeah. like the yeah. pre med. It just made me sit up, mate. I got an instant mm. erection. I just felt high as a kite. It was weird. And then, and then I just went. It was so weird. So I'm, I'm a bit all over the place. I've woken up and I was screaming. I was in a bit of a, having a, obviously having a bad dream. But I've then woken up and I, like, it's, I can't see it, but I can smell perfume. You know, not being crude, I've got a nurse's tits on my face because she's trying to fucking restrain me where I'm rolling around and screaming. And I just instantly calmed down. I was like, and I actually said, my mate was next to me, goes, I was like, am I in heaven? Because <laughs> <laughs> I've got these two nurses, like, over the top of yeah. me, like, trying to get out <laughs> So that's, that's, I got destroyed for that because a couple of lads heard that. But the boys were back by then because obviously this is where we're so lucky. I mean, you must have had it. We had it for in the first tour. You put the bloke on a helicopter, didn't see him until you were home six months later. And by then he's, so his scars are out and he's got no mm. legs and he's out. I was lucky enough, mate. I saw the boys fucking five, four or five hours later. Um, so that, that really helped me, you know, and I'm quite, I'm quite very fortunate that happened. Yeah, right. So obviously, mate, they're all off on R&R, but you're obviously in recovery and stuck in the uh, hospital. Well, I had, I got an extra week's R&R. So, I went out. The boys were due to go back a week later. I went out. I went home a week before to get. Mm. You know, I got operated on there, sent back home. So I had an extra week, and I was pushing to go back out with the boys on their flight back. So I essentially had three weeks R and R, and I went back out with the lads, still with the scar, but the stitches were out. The only thing that would have stopped me was the was the if I had an infection or whatever. So I managed to keep mm. that clean. Uh, had like a comedy psych evaluation. Like, do you do, do you want to go back out there to kill the Taliban? No. Are you angry about what happened? No. He's like, off you go. <laughs> that was it. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, you're not going to commit atrocities and war crimes. Like, um, you know, crack on. So I managed to get back out with the boys, but it was the best thing that could have happened to me because I was back on the horse, didn't have a chance to ponder on anything, uh, and I was back in a firefight pretty soon. So, you know, it's, you know, they say if you get bucked off a horse or have a car crash, the best thing you can do is drive home or ride home. You know, get straight back on it, so to speak. That was for me. I think mentally was was very important. So, how, how long post getting shot to going back? Into- I was in a firefight three weeks later. Three weeks later. Yeah, three weeks later. Yeah. Can I just um, um, ask you how your mum? What your mum's thinking? Did you you went back to the UK for that R and R? Mate, so yeah, I went back to the UK. So when I she gets, I get taken to the hospital before I get put under. To go surgery, they said you need to ring your mum. I said it's half four in England at home. I said if you either ring her now and we speak to her, or when you go under, she's going to get a knock at the door, you know, by someone in uniform. I was like, we can't do that to her. So I ring her, mum. I can't tell you much because of what we were up to and the unit I was. Not that you would anyway, but I said uh, you know I've been hit in the neck. Oh no, I said I've injured. I've hurt my neck. Uh, that's all I can tell you at this time. I'm fine. I'm talking to you, but I'm going to be home in a couple of days. So right, okay. That's the green light then. You know, patient has spoken to next of kin. So the regiment then rings her and he's like a bit of a boy. He's a, a guy called Sean, Sean Fry. Um, 
got an MC in the first Afghan tours, called in a J-Dam on himself, like broken arrow shit, like Taliban inside the compound, called a 500 pounder on himself and walked out uh, like real hero. So he's a bit senior by then, he's sort of a late entry officer. He goes, all right, Mrs. Maloney, yeah, fucking, only your boy gets shot in the neck and fucking get away with it. She's like, what do you mean shot in the neck? He told me he hurt his neck playing volleyball. <laughs> when I went home, she's met me in the, in the hospital I had a quick look, checked me over, and then I was like, what look, she's like, don't ever lie to me again. She got me, giving me a fucking beating in the hospital. Um, that was the, that was worse than getting shot. But she goes, at least, you know, at least you're home now. We had to have a conversation like, I'm not, I'm, I'm going back out. I'm pushing to go back out. And do you know what? You know, uh, you don't think at the time, I've had years to reflect on it since. Fair play to her because she went, she put herself aside, put her feelings aside and said, this is what he wants to do, and I'm going to mm. fucking support him. And mm. she fucking got on with it, all, as all my family did. My dad did, and my little brother, he's 15, man, and I'm sort of telling him, like, you need to be man of the house. And that put a lot of pressure on a 15-year-old boy who's already struggling with the fact his brother's fucking, let's have it right, he's, he's nearly been killed. Like, so very selfish. And do you know what? And when that did sink in, it was a contributing factor to why I left, um, to be honest. Uh, yeah, 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 definitely, mate. But that's again, mate. That's age, and uh, it, that that was the purpose. You know, that's what, why you join the military. You don't join the military to stay home and oh, yeah. go overseas to shoot bad people in the face. One hundred percent. It's fucking right. And you know, why why put yourself through all that, all the shit, being away from your family without, yeah, one having the cool stories, but no, but without doing the fucking job, mate. Like, yeah. Yeah, so that's why I was there, and that that was a, that's why I that's why I wanted to go back out as well. Like you know, this is a defining moment in your life. This is one moment in your life that's going to curb whether you fucking walk away from problems or you face them head on. And it was it to me when you think like that, you're like again, I saw it as a positive. I've got this awesome opportunity to really square myself away for the rest of my life. Like I know I'm proven and tested, as we said, you know, in the first first stages of this podcast. Yeah, fuck. Now, as you said, mate, three weeks later, you're back in the fucking fight. Get back into another yeah. fight and back into your deployment. However, at the end of your deployment, uh, on your last um, gig again, this is where it uh, gets worse. Yes, mate. Um, I mean, it's it's that 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 uh, cliche, not cliche story, but that, that story, isn't it? The final patrol, everything, something always bad happens, and with our regiment, it did. And the last Afghan tour before the final operation, the BRF did, which was my regiment. Uh, someone got killed. Uh, we were on a job. We were going to a shit place called Kakaran. It's horrible because people are switching off. People are booking holidays, you know, because they're fucking ready to go home. It was a handover ops as well, so we were um, handing over to the other guys. So it was sort of like, you know, you were you were shadowing, and it was like mixed, mixed, mixed bag of blokes. So you're not all used to working with each other. You know, you're good operators, but you've not ever got the cohesion you had maybe two months prior when it's just your guys. Um, we were again the sniper screen. I was with the HQ element, so, you know, should be in the rear, taking the long shots, firing over the guys' heads and, you know, fairly safe. Uh, started picking up activity uh, 300 metres away. Said to the OC, like, I am starting to become ineffective. I can hit these blokes with a fucking, with an assault rifle. Like, we need to push back or move back. Essentially, what happened is two troops have gone forward, come on, come under the shit, and just they did, you know, they they handed our ass to us that day a bit, and it, we got maybe a little bit overextended. I don't, I don't know the schematics, the squadron, it wasn't my fucking job. But the boys had come back pretty quick. Before you know it, HQ's in the fucking gunfight. Like fuck, 
you know, and there's, there's troops that left us behind. They've, they've pushed back. We haven't moved quick enough. Not pointing the finger at anyone, by the way. It's just, you know, fucking war is hell, right? It's fucking chaos. Um, come, under, come under fire from about 100 metres away from the right. Uh, they were doing dodgy shit, mate. Like, they keep popping out from a mur- from a doorway or a murder hole. I'd engage it. And then I remember looking through the site, mate, and a different colour came out. And they put a fucking woman there thinking oh, I was going to pop off, you know, split seconds away from, from doing that and probably would have probably would have crippled me having to having to process that. But there was just being dirty little fuckers, you know, and you're like, fucking, it was just, it was on top real quick. Eventually, the, you know, the OC was in a position like, well, we need to move. So we moved. Um, it's a, it's a, the thing is, the attack elements, mate, it's weird. You've got all these officers with really specific jobs. You've got the intelligence attachments. You've got the electronic warfare team attachments. And then you've got snipers. We're not really used to working with each other. We've got different skill sets, and like, so you sort of who takes command in that? You know, the, the majors, the majors, um, he's dealing with a fucking squadron. You know, so it's sort of like who's going to take command of this if this little team gets hit and how the movement works. So I sort of did, and I just said, right, lads, we've got to go here now. Blah blah blah. If you know, if we come under contact, just listening to my QBOs. Uh, if we get casualty, um. Fucking let me know communication. I was like, obviously, boss, you fuck off and so you start calling in the artillery and the AH and whatever he's got to do and leave leave that to us. You know, me and Grant with the sniper team, we we work together really well. Do you know what, mate? And I only said that as like a box ticking exercise, like just something you'd say, because uh, it was just the right thing to say. We all knew what was happening, but I said it. As soon as we walked out the fucking door, contact right, <laughs> like classic. Um, and like I said, I've been shot at that point. And that was heavier fire that day than what uh, than what I'd been under previous. And I'd been fucking shot, for fuck's sake. Um, literally digging in with your eyelids. Um, and it was because we had the trees above us. So you got the fucking twigs snapping on you. That was like a different aspect that I thought was only in Hollywood. But in real life, it's fucking disgusting. <laughs> Especially when, you, you know, you're thinking of fucking going home, mate, to your bird, right? Uh so the, the, my, my friends, I said, right, lads, uh, we sort of split into two groups. Myself and Jay stayed back, put, put down a suppressive rate of fire while the boys extracted behind a little bun line. They were going to go there then. We're going to set the gun up and then that would have been us clear. We would have been out of the killing zone and we would have been able to just slip down and then into the dead ground. It would have been, you know, out broken contact. Um, so I said, I don't need one man to stay with me. The rest of you move move under when I start firing. Yeah, no dramas. You know, it all happens quickly. One of the lads went to go, I'll stay. Jay goes, you know, this is just the the character of Jay who he was. He says, No, you know, you've got the you've got the heavy kit. I'll stay. You get get back, get back, get back. So those were his last words. Um, you know, you didn't move in a pair. I was waiting, I'm firing, and you'll see you wait for to hear his fire go past you so I can then move. I'm not and I never heard it. And I'm like, Fuck, so quick look back, Jay's face down. Um He's he's taken around to the face. He's died before he hit the ground, so he wasn't in pain. But you know, yeah, panic fucking sets in. I'm now sort of separated myself from the group. Um, don't get me wrong, you know, the lads were fucking spot on who we were with. Uh, we couldn't move the body because we were just pinned down into an irrigation ditch. Um, gave him first aid for as long as as long as we could. Um, so it got to the point where I sort of had to. I just popped the smoke grenades. There's like green green smoke marks the casualty. Anyone that can help, can you can you sort of give me a bit of support? Because we just didn't have the manpower to move him 
you know, properly and to actually get a foothold in this. We just sort of like, it was no, it was going to be a matter of time before they were running over us and we were fighting sort of hand to hand or whatever. Lads all reacted, you know, in, in, you know, you know, it goes, we got them out of there. Um, really eerie moment where you're basically, we had an armored vehicle come in, got the 50 cal going, gave us a bit of a foothold, but really eerie moment where you're, you're traveling back with, um, with your pal, right? In, in the back of this wagon and this, uh, yeah, shit day. Um, that's the, probably the only time out of all all the time in, on of, of doing operations that, that's bothered me. Like you know, sort of I've had you know issues about, but um, what was the killer, mate? Was was that was that was the last job? You know, I got shot before. Yeah. You know, later on that tour, I went back to Yakshal. We did a big a big sweep, mate, and fucking you know destroyed the place. Um, I went straight back, head gone, you know, seeing red, volunteered to stay out with the next lot for nine for nine months <laughs> or just tried to, just wanted to, had to, but they didn't. They t- came back, mate, took my rifle off me, right, handed in, congrats, lad, you're going home. I, was like, I don't want to fucking go home. I want to fucking go out there and fucking kill them all. Um, so that, that was a very hard fire to fucking, or bitterness or venom or whatever you want to call it. That took a long time to subside, mate. I was a fucking angry, angry man towards the Taliban. Um, as you would be, as you can imagine, you know. Um, so that was the last job, mate. And then you, you go home for fucking tea and medals. So I obviously got a medal from from being shot. When when I got told I was getting a medal, I thought it was about the day with Jay. Then I found it was about that, about being shot. So I didn't fucking do anything then. So I just had this really horrible relationship, hated the medal. So I've sold it as soon as I left the army simply because you just feel guilt, mate. Like, I'm not, I've gone through them processes, you know, I'm not, we don't need to get a counselling session on the go now, but you just think, oh, I'm not, I don't fucking want that. You know, you're you're there, I'm there getting pictures of the Queen, mate, and fucking, my mate's fucking been buried. It's just, you know, it's not, it's just not what you want, is it? You'd just rather fucking, oh, for a long time, wished it was me that was dead, because but then you sort of realise that, listen, that's the coward's way out. Not Jay Dime was a coward, but myself wanting that was, was you know, you've got to fucking do, live right by Jay. And, Saw this awesome quote. Um, it says, "The defining moment in a veteran's life is when he stops dying for his friends and starts living for them." And uh, that's that's what's got us actually to start this charity that you know me and a couple of the lads have done. Well, I'm part of. You know, it's a friend Paul that started it. But uh, yeah, I mean, it took me a long time to go over that. Just uh, the anger, mate. The pure anger. It's, yeah, it's part of being at war, right? You've got to be like that. Back, mate. You've. Uh... There's no, there is no, there's no. You're not on your own either. It's just that's just what I expected in your fucking group. Yeah. And you know, I'm lucky to have that caliber of people around me, mate. Um, simple as that, you know. You're a product yeah. of your environment. Five people you hang around with. I was lucky enough to have a hundred, <laughs> um, as as you, as you would have done in your, you know, with your career, mate. It's, it's exactly. what, we, what we do is, is amazing. As you said, mate. So 2014, you were awarded the conspicuous uh, gallantry cross by the Queen. Uh, yeah. You fucking got rid of it straight away. You're just like, fuck it, I don't want this. I couldn't sell it when I was in the army, but I sold it when I left. I, I did, I spoke to the family and said, I don't, I don't fucking want it. You know, do you fucking want it? He's, you know, I'll get on really well with his dad. His dad is a fucking top human, really well with the whole family. He's like, don't be fucking stupid, you know. And then you're like, I'm being a hindrance. He's grieving his son and he's giving me counsel this sessions. You know, I'm fucking the one that should be helping him. And, but I got it. And do you know what, mate? It was good for mum. <laughs> Yeah. Mum had been through the fucking ringer. She got yeah. to put her out, go to Windsor Castle and meet the Queen. And, you know, if that's all, all's well that ends well, and I'm not dragging through them through the shit, and there's something they can be proud of. And 
we've got the picture at home on the mantelpiece, then they're fucking right, you know. Um, did my career favours, you know, second highest award you can get. I don't for one second think I deserved it. I think any bloke there with me should have got, everyone should have got something. I don't know, not for one second. I think it was uh, it was deserved. I don't think I'm a hero. I fucking didn't like it. But will I take the perks? Yeah. You know, when I wanted to go on sniper section commanders, oh yeah, of course he can do it. People look at you differently. You go on a course, you know, they they already think you're a good dude. You know, sometimes when you turn up on a course, mate, um, you know, and I've, you've got a certain cat badge on or you're from a certain unit, yeah, someone yeah. has a predisposition of that, you know, pre, predetermined thoughts, you get shit. You know, you turn up as a CGC winner, people think, oh, he must be switched on. You get given the benefit of the doubt. Do you, do you know what I mean? It's, your reports are naturally going to be a bit better because they're like, oh, I'll get to report on size. You know, do you know what I mean? See, I'll take that. It doesn't bother me. I'll play the fucking, I'll play the, play the army. They fucking, they've played us enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah. never, never, yeah, never. I hated it. Um, I never wore it unless I had to. Um, and I sold it. Like, I don't wear the medals now. I'll go to Remembrance Day and pay my respects, but I won't put the medals on. Yeah. Because um, I feel like you have to be someone different. People, talk to me because they see the medal and of course they're going to have interesting medal mate you know I see it with MCs I look and I'm like fucking I wonder what he did I want to google him or look to talk to him but you don't want that it's just not something I'm comfortable with if I'm honest you know yeah no it's to their own mate it's to their own and you know you've, you've lived a life mate and uh, endured what fucking war brings and what Afghanistan brought to you know the western world in a way absolute fucking best you know it's the best time of your life and the worst time of your life you took the words out of my mouth. You took the words out of my mouth. Um, it is, mate. It's, uh, and you have that in a day. I had the best day of my life and the worst day of my life in a day. In a like, day you yeah. know, it's, it's, um, it's quality, mate. You know, this is, you know, I don't know you, but we've got a great bond and we cracked it off straight away because I know that right of passage. I know you're a fucking operator. You were part of Afghanistan and we all did the good fight. We joined for the same reasons, you know, on other sides of the world. And it's fucking quality that we've got that bond and I'll never, ever, ever change anything. Yeah, um, but you know, you, you you do talk about the, the harder times, but you know that's what that's what makes you who you are today, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly, mate. And you know, it's it's bringing awareness to the people that have never experienced it. To, you know, get to understand because obviously here in Australia, mate, we're going through all this fucking war crimes, fucking bullshit, and dead Taliban, yeah. and who fucking cares about dead Taliban? No one, no one does. No, uh, more than what better. you. Yeah, e- exactly, exactly. So, mate, uh, so eventually, two thousand seventeen. This is where you look at uh, pulling the pin. Afghans fucking pretty much wound up by then, slowing up, and uh, there's only the the base deployments, and it's just you know, it's yeah, there's nothing, there's nothing, there's nothing for a, a sniper to do. If yeah. that makes sense. Um, hindsight now, uh, you know, years years on to reflect, I've been out in the army, you know, a, a good time now. I was probably fried. I just didn't realise. I <laughs> thought I was ready for another tour, but you know, you've I was erratic, a little bit erratic, a little bit of a loose cannon-ish because you had to be. Uh, the, the analogy I like to use is like, you know, a, a dog that's been bred for dog fighting and he's fucking been fighting and he gets rescued. You don't just go and chuck him into a fucking home with kids, do you? He's not just going to adjust to being cuddled and having his fucking, his bacon and sausages and eggs cooked for him in the morning and having his belly rubbed. He's going to fucking bite cunts. And, you, you, you know, it's, it's the same with soldiers, like, for me, you know, PTSD and, and stuff like that, or the struggles, isn't necessarily, for me, flashbacks or anything like that. It's I dealt with what happened out there fine, but I, it's, I can't then come down from it. 
exactly. if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, 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 my, that's my experience. And I think a lot of the blokes are the same. And the people listening to this go, yeah, fucking it is. Um, you know, it's not flashbacks. I dream of Afghan every night. It doesn't bother me. I wake up fucking adrenaline pumped, but it doesn't bother me, mate. And you'd, uh, go, back, you'd go back tomorrow. Fucking right, you would. I mean, I, you know, I'd, as soon as that pack hit my back and I started tapping up a hill, I'd think, oh, I ain't fucking cut out for this day anymore. But, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you, you would, mate, wouldn't you? You'd go back tomorrow, you know? Um, I mean, I, I had a lot of lads, you know, I couldn't give a fuck about Ukraine. I don't remember seeing many of them in fucking Afghan, but, you know, a lot of people are talking about joining them. And I, I get it, you know, the lads that just still want the fight. But for that's, me... That's all, that's all it is for them. They don't give a fuck about the Ukraine. They don't give a fuck about Russia. They just want to get back in the fucking fight <laughs> and just get behind the tools and... Do what they're fucking yeah. trying to do. Yeah, do what they're trying to do and have the purpose that they had. You know, now we do these good things without a big pat on the back. You came home and like, oh, fucking you went to Afghan. Ultimate, you know, instant respect from people. You know, you raise a kid or be a good dad. It's just like, yeah, that's expected. Where, where's my pat on the back? Where's my medal? Where's my parade? Yeah. You know, this, again, another thing we got used to. Yeah. Uh, it's tough when you get out. But. So you pull the pin on 2017. How, how, how are you tracking... Obviously, you got PTSD, but again, uh, it's a different PTSD, as you said. Yeah, not, it wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah. Oh, Hyper vigilance and all that type of stuff is just, you know, yeah, yeah, just yeah. over hundred miles an hour. So you, um, the Australian Army offered this like exchange system, and they, there's different jobs that maybe mm. come up each year. There's like a pool for blokes, and you can go over and and join you guys. So the girl I was with at the time was keen on going in Australia. She had Australian family. I looked on the website and you're looking for fucking snipers. It's like quality. Applied, went through it all. And I, I failed the psych test. Like, But they don't tell you a reason why. Clearly, it's because I'm I'm having a few issues and they could tell I'm a sort of called spring, so to speak. Um, but that was probably the first sign I was like, ah, so I, I, that didn't happen. But I'd already had to sign off or terminate in order to apply. Mm. They obviously didn't work out, and I'd already terminated my contract to the army. I thought I'm just going to roll with this. Um, I just, you know, officers were coming in, and you're like, I, I just was gobbing off to hospital. I was being insubordinate. I was fighting. I was just being a bit of a fucking dick uh, at a training regiment as well. So I'm training recruits. You know, they probably looked at me like he's a fucking. This, why the fuck have we got this cunt? Like he won't chill out. Um, you know, I'd go on exercise, and we'd just be fragging them all the time. And, getting them wet instantly and you know this is going to be life and death and because of what I'd seen and I had that bad taste in my mouth because I'd lost my mate and you know they think probably think you know like I said you know, guys like mate I'm joining as a chef and Afghan's not happening anymore like fucking yeah. give me a break like Jesus yeah. Christ so yeah got out mate and um glad I got out glad I got out because I, I was getting bitter uh I was getting bitter and you, you know the army's a quality thing I just I wanted to leave on good terms so yeah got out mate and um was lucky enough to get straight into good work yeah, right. You know, from here, you says you started your own business within the broad broadcast sector. Yeah. So uh, a geezer I was in the army with, you know, always who you know, in it? Soldiers that haven't had, yeah, never yeah. had an interview in their life. You know. Yeah, it's who you know. But um, uh, give me a bit of work, um, sort of driving around the stadiums, fitting in all the infrastructure, so putting the cables in for the cameras and driving the trucks and that, having my truck licence. Got into that. Um, solid work. Started my own business. Sold my fucking medal. Um, I've got 130 grand for the medal, mate. Like, boy from a council estate. Yes, mate. So, so a boy from a council estate, life changing money. Um, bought a load of equipment and that I now hire out, and that's my business. Um, 
So, you know, I, if I ever need to wear the medal again, I'll wear a fucking replica. And, yeah. and I haven't worn it since I left. Yeah. You know, I will pay respects, but I'm not, I won't cut around for medals or, you know, these charity dinners and stuff like that, unless I'm asked to, but yeah, I'm not. I don't, I don't have them. So, uh, you know, medal did me well, mate. Um, started a fucking business. Uh, and like you said, the, the journey with, with struggling and settling in is actually really realizing what the fuck's going on. Like you've, you've got a, you're not Corporal Maloney anymore from who was a sniper. And, you know, I know I've literally sat here and told loads of war stories now, but you can't go out every day and tell war stories and you've yeah. just got to find out who the fuck you are out of a uniform. It'll always be part of you, but, but who are you, mate, when you're not being told what to do or, you know, what do you fucking like? If, if you could do anything, well, what do you like? What are your hobbies? You don't fucking know, do you? You don't know fucking anything. All you do is drink. You know, I did the classic, mate. I grew a beard, long hair, because I didn't have to shave and cut my hair, look like a bag of shit. And what have I gone back to? An army haircut. And all right, I'm not clean shaven, but you know, you go back to it anyway. Yeah. Um, it's, that, it's that finding period of, you know, this is what we talk about. And obviously, you know, you've worked with Swiss State and spoke with the boys, Adrian. So you want to stand, you know, you're losing your tribe and, uh, you know, your purpose. And then you, you go through those stages of finding where you fit in and back into society. Because it's, again, it's a things work. Yeah. Um, on that note, there's a, have you, I've come across a company called State. There's a, there's a, it's, it's an Australian company. It, that's something I've taken that has fucking changed my life with regards to just getting to sleep, optimizing hormones, which then counteracts all the anxiety, all stuff like that. It's a fucking mm. quality supplement. It's just all about getting blokes running, running okay. You know, sort of like without, without either jabbing yourself with loads of tests or, or taking bits and bobs that aren't too good on the kidneys. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, fucking, it's an Australian company. I came, I came th- across it through Cobes again. Um, yeah, yeah that's, right. that's pretty changing. Yeah, right. I'll, I'll, I'll check it out. I'll check it out. Yeah. Now, mates, obviously, and obviously the the mental health uh, charity as well. well yeah, so we were, obviously, like everyone, we're all fucking locked down uh, with COVID. And I was lucky enough to be locked down with my mate Paul. At the time, we were dating girls who were mates of each other. And we're just like, right, everyone's getting locked down for a couple of months. We all went it shacked up together. Went to Scotland in the Highlands, um, fucking out in this cabin in the woods, dogs, and we just fucking were just four mates. It, just, it was just a really good time, if I'm honest. I know a lot of people have had some terrible times, um, and it was a hard lockdown. We were quite lucky. Anyway, Paul's Paul's left. He's he's um, he's another interesting guy, but he's he's got kicked out of the army for PTSD. Nothing's worked, and he's just sort of self-helped himself or worked out. Really had to learn himself and sort of got himself out of a dark place. And he he's quite keen on running, and he he ran round this lock, which is about thirty odd miles uh, round big circuit, and he, he built up to doing it. And then one day he went out for a run at nine in the morning. To come to a clock, he rings me. He's like, "Can you drop me some water off?" He's like, "I'm on the other side of the lock." Lock's a big lake in Scotland. Um, so he's run about well over thirty miles, and he just said, "I I know what I'm going to do." And he, he had this epiphany whilst probably dehydrated and running around the fucking, you know, concrete, uh, running his knees into concrete. Um, and it was to start this charity up. And basically what we're going to do is is um, build a retreat, you know, uh, blokes, you know, like us, uh, sign yourself on. You know, there's no medical evaluation, but we teach you just how to live a better life. So you go through each lesson, there'll be cold water therapy, morning routine, nighttime routine, how to eat properly. Um, breathing exercises, how to, introductions to meditation, the cold water therapy, animal therapy, 
and you know, it's no, it's no. Um, if there'll be people that we have to refer to to need counselling, you know, a bit stronger, but it's more about the the um, prevention rather than cure, right? Like mm. this is how you keep yourself on track, prioritise sleep. You know, similar to the Swiss Eight model, which is why we we get on with Swiss Eight so much. So we use their app as an aftercare, and it's just a place like non-military. Just come down, learn how to fucking eat properly. You know, why are you why are you an- anxious? Well, you're probably smashing a bit too much coffee or artificial shit, all these things. And same with sleep, same with uh, sort of meditation, all these things. And initially, it'll be a seven-day course. Then we might build up to a 21-day course. But Paul did this all off his own back. That's, this was his vision. And he's like, no one's going to take me seriously unless I do something crazy. So he ran 5,800 miles around the UK coastline. He did 30 miles a day for 212 days, I believe. And he, and he completed it. Started in Liverpool, ran round, came back in Liverpool seven months later. Fucking hell. Yeah, right. So, yeah, this, so this is the start of the charity still. Still at the starting yes, point. Yes, mate. Yep. We're in the fundraising yep. stage. Um, first year, I think we're up to about 700 grand. So we've we've done well for a first year charity. Um, but, you know, it's, it's tough, mate. It's, it's COVID. Everything's expensive. And we're essentially asking people for money. So we're also poor fucking soldiers. Like, we're not officers. We're not nothing. Mm. We're not. You no, know, we've got about four brain cells between us. So writing grants and, and knocking on doors, it's a, it's a completely new world to us. And listen, Paul takes the lead on it, you know, and he's got three good trustees behind him who he's all served with. But we, um, four trustees now, sorry. Um, but it's a long process, mate. I mean, I'd love to say we're helping people right now. We're not. We're just trying to really get this retreat built so we can help people. But it's a fucking long process. And as it should do with charities, it's hard to get the money because you have to justify everything and there's hoops to go through to make sure that people aren't just spending it on themselves. So, you know, and I get that, but um, it's a long process, mate, and we've got we've got a bit of a way to go, but we should be built in the next year to two years. Yeah, nice, mate. That'll be awesome. Definitely, definitely uh, keep track on it all and push it out as much as you want, mate. I'll definitely help as much as I can, even, you know, on this side of the planet. I appreciate that, mate. And um, well, like I said, the Swiss Eight Boys will be coming over at some point. We'll, we'll, we'll jump you on there as well. Yeah, mate. Just spend, spending charity money. I'm sure we can afford another ticket. <laughs> <laughs> no, mate. Oh, yeah. Oh, fuck. I'll be in the UK in two or three weeks. So I'm, I'll speak to you afterwards anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, I swear. Mate, it's been an absolute fucking privilege to have you on, mate, just to share your story. Again, mate, have that fucking the British side of the Afghan war, and we know that you Brits have fucking, especially in Helmand province, it was just fucking game on. And as you said in that first deployment, mate, yeah, 30% fucking injury, you know, casualty rate, which is fucking just next level. That's, that's a fucking lot of casualties. And then obviously your second trip, mate, uh, getting shot in the neck, going home, getting mended three weeks later, you're back into another fucking gunfight. As you said, mate, you gobbed off. That's probably why you got shot. And then uh, you know, end of your tour, fucking last hop. Then you you know, you one of your best mates is uh, killed, uh, which you know, it's it's it is the realities of fucking war. And mate, yeah, you've had a fucking absolute stellar career, mate. And obviously, moving in, transitioning into civvy life, it looks like you've transitioned fucking per. You know, I wouldn't say perfectly, but you've found your purpose again. And you know, here you are, you know, living life and, and, and loving it and, mate, and smiling, which is fucking good Good to see. Mate, uh, I've got a couple of final questions that I ask all my guests. You know, uh, first question is, what advice can you give to people just to keep on keeping on, complete any goal they set their mind to and just to fucking crush it, just to fucking get it? 
like you, mate, you were fucking 16 and, you know, just turning fucking 18, getting your fucking old lady to sign on the dotted line to fucking pretty much give you away. Yeah. So uh, my, my main bit of advice would be stop fucking looking at every other cunt. Uh, I found it on courses. I'm looking left and right thinking, fucking hell, he's squared away and I'm flapping. You just concentrate on your own shit and you'll soon be the one that's squared away. Instagram now, you look on, everyone gives their best pictures and fucking looks the best. Dating apps, you know, there's so much pressure on people looking the part, having all these things. And if that's what you're into, then fine. Stop giving a fuck about how every other cunt's doing. Look at what you do. Focus on your fucking abilities because everyone started as that cunt and they've developed themselves into, you know, the, the superstar that they project themselves to be. So stop fucking looking at cunts. The other one would be when uh, when it is tough, you know, one task at a time. You just get, before you know it, you look at the bigger picture and how much you got stacked against you. Well, what do I need to do right now? And then that'll lead into something else. That'll lead into something else. Have that, what we call a condor moment where you'd have a cigarette and take in what's going on, concentrate on what needs to happen right fucking now. Don't get bogged in by the whole situation. Um, and, you know, keep pedaling, keep pushing because you never know when you're going to get a respite. Yeah, exactly, mate. Fucking valuable advice. Mate, uh, second question, what is the plans for the future? Obviously, you've got the charity uh, in the works. Uh, you run your own company now. What are you, what are you yeah. uh, global domination of the company? Uh, I will never be a billionaire because I can't be fucked with the stress. I'm not saying I would <laughs> achieve that. Uh, honestly, uh, me and my girlfriend want to start a family and I want to buy a Harley Davidson because we've just moved into a house with a garage and I want to fucking just sometimes chill the fuck out and go and ride, you know, go and see the boys, a couple of the army lads, are, you know, maybe start my own, my own biker gang. Who knows? It's not, it's not that big in the UK. Maybe we can start something off like the Vietnam vets did. <laughs> just go around killing goats. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, just to bring that up, mate. We were going to finish on a high then. <laughs> Murderer. <laughs> mate, uh, third question. <laughs> mate, third question. Just to bring you back down to that fucking just general fucking dude level outside the military, outside being a fucking, you know, an absolute fucking gangster on the fucking battlefield, mate. Give us a, a guilty obsession or something that people don't know about you. Now, I know you poms, mate. You've got some weird fucking fetishes. Like, you know, what, I know what you blokes do in Thailand, that's for sure. Weirdos. Yeah, I know. I thought I'd seen you before. <laughs> I was wearing a dress. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had to recognize you. Um, uh, mate, all, you know, all of that, I'm, I'm just, you know, we, we tell these stories, mate, right? You haven't seen, heard a high-pitched voice until you hear me go back to my dog. I am the softest cunt. Yeah. Uh, just, just, yeah, like, just, lay, just laying on the floor with a dog in the dog's bed. Like, we're, we're just like, I feel like we communicate. Probably says a lot a lot about my intelligence levels. But, um, <laughs> yeah, just soft as shit, mate. My days off are spent just walking the dog. Like, sometimes I just do nothing. I'm just sat there, like, talking to it. The dog probably thinks, fuck off, and then I go to sleep. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. That, that's the real me, is yeah, yeah dogs. What type of dog have you got? Rhodesian Ridgeback. How, how old is it? She's six months. Six, oh, six months. Do you reckon it could be the reincarnate, reincarnated goat? You motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that's, could be. Who knows? Who, life, eh? He's back. He's back. Next time I climb a ladder or anywhere high I could fall, I'll be putting her inside. Like, I can't fall on that <laughs> yeah. time. Mate, um, if people want to reach out to you, they can find you on social media, LinkedIn for professional. 
Yeah, LinkedIn, Simon Maloney CGC, uh, head up charity um is is the head is the charity the website's pretty good pretty in depth and all my details are on there likewise if anyone's having any dramas uh you know veterans within the uk uh get reach out to me reach out to anyone on that website and we will hook you up we will you know this is about brothers you know when i got hit the brothers came helped me out and this is what we're about we don't need to rely on the government they're fucked we don't need to rely on the nhs you know our health system struggling Come to the fucking boys. We we'll put an arm around you, and we're fucking still there. That's that's the whole principle for this. What's the website? Sorry. Um, so he- just Google head up charity, and you'll see it there. Yeah, perfect, mate. Perfect. It's got Paul's big banging head as the, as the, as the logo. So, <laughs> is there a social media for it as well? Yeah, we're on we're on uh, Instagram. Uh, we're not on Twitter so much. I am on Twitter. But um, yeah, Instagram and Facebook, and like I said, the website's pretty good. If anyone's having dramas in the UK or even Australia, we can signpost you. We've got partnerships with, you know, like I said, guys that we can just signpost you and put you in the right direction. So yeah, yeah just give us a shout, man. We're all happy to share our techniques. We're not trying to keep it to ourselves. Uh, we're happy to share what we do. That awesome, mate. I'll, I'll definitely tag it all in for the listeners anyway so they can just uh, jump straight across and check it all out. But, mate, again, really appreciate you coming on, sharing your story, and uh, it's been absolutely fucking hectic. I'm actually really looking forward to getting Wes's side of the story as well of that day. And, uh, and I'd yeah. love to get, yeah, I'm, I'm going to actually shoot a message to Craig after this and just uh, get him uh, ramped up for one as well. Yeah, let me know if you need any liaison there or anything like that. Uh, yeah, no, appreciate it. Appreciate it. Mate, again, let's stay in contact, man. I'd love to have a fucking beer one day and fuck who knows, ride some Harleys around the UK. Fucking right. All right, brother. I'll speak to you soon. Thanks for your time, mate. I really appreciate it. And like I said, getting getting the point across on your platforms, uh, it's been an honor. So, yeah, thank you for your time. Thanks, mate. Catch ya. Wait, wait, wait. Now, quickly, just before you go, I want to tell you about Three Zeros Coffee. Now, as you know, I like my coffee how I like my men, long and black. However, lately, I've moved into the cold brews. I'm loving it, obviously, because the weather here in Australia at the moment is quite hot. So what I've been doing is using the seasoned campaigner pour-over filter bags, literally rip open the packet, put the filter bag over my coffee mug, a few ice cubes, pour in some hot water, let it cool down, add a sugar or two just to make it sweet, and I fucking love them. Honestly, you get the kick that you need out of the caffeine, and the taste is great. So if you want to get yourself a supply of coffee, head over to 30scoffee.com.au. From there, you can choose whatever you want. You've got the beans, you've got the pour-over filter bags, you've got some merchandise. And just to let you know that a percentage of their sales is forwarded to organizations that support first responders. So while you're getting your coffee, you're doing a good deed by getting some of this money to the first responders and where it needs to go. While you're there, don't forget to use the discount code 3ZLIMITS. Now look in our buyer, you see that discount code, use it get your discounts. So again, jump on to 30scoffee.com.au and grab yourself a supply.